photographer, writer, poet, one-fourth of the Rhythm and Bruce podcast, the founder of Belcher Digital. Yup, it's Prince Latif. That's it. But we are here with Prince Latif. Hello. I am, dude. Actually, so what you just did right there triggered me. <laughs> right? Because, like, I was. <laughs> we just going to get right into that. I'm going to get right into it. Because, like, I, I'm, like, trying to work this joke idea about, like, there's something racist about when you find out that you're, like, an actor you enjoy is British. Like, it's, somehow it's white people still holding on and not letting go. Like, because there's no reason Idris Elba should sound like Harry Potter. I was just like, about that, to say, it's it, not just the white people. It's, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they're let, letting go. They're like, oh, we'll give you Idris Elba, but he's going to sound like us. And it's like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Same yeah. thing, like, Spider-Man shouldn't sound like Hermione. <laughs> like when I found out Tom Holland was British, I'm like, are you kidding? Like, like maybe some should, of the maybe we should become British because I, I think, think we that's should, how you become successful. I think we should just move over there and take over all of their media. Yeah, 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 because they love our media. Yeah, that's why they but keep coming here and taking their, over ours. We do love their rap. Do we? I think so. Uh, I can't. I think so. Kind I can't of. name too many. Actually, I I don't know many. I know Central C because he has that. I song. don't even know that he has a song where he's like, "How can it, the first line is like, how can I be homophobic? My girl is gay. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Would, My bitch is gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're driving home and that part comes on and Bree hears it and she goes, "What the fuck? She's like, I don't think that's how that works. I was like, that's exactly how it works. All right, if. If it works across the pond. But see, the only reason I know that song exists is because of TikTok. You know, I got a, a, a trial for Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to have Sirius. And it was like cool because like, I like listening to different music from different genres. And like the mm-hmm. first like nine stations on Sirius from like four to ten are like the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. And it goes through all the eras. Okay. They replaced them. Right, so now they have one station that's like TikTok radio. Oh God, no! And it's crazy because it's this just is my like, nightmare, dude. It's just hit songs from like the '90s sped up. Like I was on there, and it was like Mariah Carey, whatever song. And I'm like, what? And then it just said sped up TikTok version. I wish you guys could see the dumbfounded look on my face. Just oh, now. and they can because this is the first episode being filmed, bro. Hey, yeah. but yeah, dude, it was, it was crazy. I don't even know where to start because I'm just I. I was telling Brie, I was like, I'm so glad the team is coming because I just thoroughly enjoy talking. Hey, Brie. You know, like I, like every time we're around, it's always a good conversation. I appreciate it's that, either sir. We're talking about art, or we're talking about wrestling, mm-hmm. or we're talking about how the first time we met, I ruined your night at work. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A bunch of different things, which is also it's just weird. It's crazy <laughs> that we became friends after that <laughs> because I wouldn't have become friends with that guy. I mean. To your point, though, I didn't remember that until you brought it up. That's true. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, you were that guy. You were that asshole. Okay, we're here now, so I guess I can't just, you know, no take backs. <laughs> no take backs on that friendship. Nope. But, yeah, like, we'll catch him up. But, yeah, you worked at GameStop, which was, like, probably the coolest job you could have as a teenager. 
Yep. Like not a, not in your thirties though. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I remember I applied to GameStop and I didn't get hired because the guy was like, "So what do you think of Halo?" And I went, "Not for me." Did not hire me because I didn't like Halo. And I'm like, "That is crazy." That is wild. And I don't even like, remember yeah, my like, interview. Like, I don't even fucking. I'll never forget that. I've never not gotten a job because I didn't like Halo. That is that is weird. But it was like I guess the game of the year, like the game that was coming out, Who cares? Or whatever. But so you worked at GameStop, yeah, and I walked in. At what? What would you say? Seven, five minutes to close or something? Yeah, just about. And traded in way too many things. Everything you had for a PS4. Everything you had. It was everything I had. Yeah. Is that is that PS4 still in the living room? No, I you tra- jackass. I traded, fuck you. I traded that That's PS4 why. in for uh, my Xbox. <laughs> I got the Series S. I actually kept that PS4 up until I got that one. Yeah. See, see what you did to my night, and now you don't even have that PS4. I put some miles into that. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Because I think, yeah, I, oh man, I played the shit out of that. Because I, I bought it specifically to play Uncharted. That beat the shit out of those games. Oh, you went through the whole library, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I played all four. Five. Uh, that was the fifth Wait, one. Wait, no. The fifth one was the one with the girl, right? Yeah. I never played that one. Um, but I played the shit out of the first three, and I got halfway through the fourth one uh, before I lost the disc. And then they gave it to me for free on PlayStation, so I beat it. Oh yeah, well, yeah, like, forgot about yeah. that. But yeah, I, I'm quite the nerd. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of the things that like we <clears throat> we bonded over initially was nerddom and all things yeah. nerdy. Was comic books and video games and yeah, and that's always well from reading this. That yeah, was a big part of your life. Anime, anime, and. Are you watching anime right now? Man, I have fallen off of the anime train. Um, I need to catch back up on Attack on Titan. Dude, uh, I never watched. I watched. <coughs> I watched the first couple episodes of it, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "It's not for me." That's I fine. I wasn't digging it. I wanted to. It looks cool. It looks man really overboard, cool, but I just couldn't vibe with it. Um, I like. I don't know, I like I'm really into Demon Slayer right now. Like that is Demon my, Slayer that is my is top anime. notch. Demon Slayer and My Hero Academia are probably my two favorite animes going right now. I heard this this season of My Hero is great. I have to like I watched like a couple of episodes and I was just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But that's because I was trying to watch it and like multitask at the same time so I I have to get back into it and actually sit down and pay attention because I've heard it was a great season yeah no this season it I think the the first two episodes are kind of like to catch you up Mm -hmm. and then that's it like don't miss an episode otherwise you're you're gonna miss something incredible it's the fights are crazy Mm -hmm. the story's crazy just everything about it has been mind-blowing like God, I love anime. So I'll tell you the one thing I don't like about anime, or not anime, but the anime watching community, <sighs> is those those people. <laughs> oh, is this a sub dub thing? Yes, Dude. the sub dub people. So I like, like subbed. So do I. But I don't care if you watch dub. Like that doesn't make no sense to me. My thing is, like I was just saying, like I multitask when I'm watching TV. I don't ever, like, never in my life do I just sit there and look at the television. Yeah. 
I don't even know how to do that. I feel like a madman when I am. <laughs> I feel like there should be like, something like Lord. right. I have to be doing something else. Mm. So that's just where I'm at, and I can't do that watching you know subbed anime. Because like, I gotta pay attention to that. Because I have to sit there and watch. Um, and unfortunately, that and that's that's kind of why I fell off on Attack on Titan because I was waiting for the dubbed episodes. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for with my hero, but they're not coming to Hulu. Right. So and I'm like, I don't want to download another thing. No, I'm paying for everything, and I'm even paying for for Crunchyroll, and I barely watch it. Oh, yeah. So here, like Crunchyroll's weird because everyone, like everyone I know who has it, they're like, "Yo, Crunchyroll rules! Crunchyroll free is so great!" But then I signed up for the free one, and none of the anime I wanted to watch was available on the free subscription. And I was like, I don't even remember what's on the free subscription because all I wanted, all I wanted Crunchyroll for was to watch Roni Kenshin from the beginning. Mm. Like I just want That's my favorite anime Of all time I just wanted to watch that again I don't think I've ever Watched that one. Oh, Just great Even, even you know the live good? action movies Are fun Jujutsu Kaisen is good I am Halfway through that My brother loves it He's like the, That and Mob Psycho Are like the two Animes he just Like Will like Die for Those are his uh, Shout out to the Playstation crew That I'm always Hanging with um, oh, but Is that what you're A Playstation guy yeah, well, I have all of the current gen system, so I have a Switch that I barely play. I have the oh, Xbox the Series S, and I have the PlayStation Five. Um, <laughs> Can we shout out the Xbox Series S, please? I mean, I there's nothing wrong with like, it. Dude, you should have got the X. My no. S is just as I'm, good. I'm perfectly fine. I would have been mad discs. if I. Yeah, I would. I would have been upset if if I spent the five hundred dollars on the X because yeah. I barely touch my Xbox. All on that PS5. You know, and the reason why is because again, uh, I have a group of people that I always talk to on PlayStation. Yeah. And when are they just gonna give us proper crossplay? Because I just want to hang with my boys who have PlayStation and play some cool games. I mean, there's always a uh, Discord if you want to talk, um, you know, across platforms. But, um, but most games have crossplay. Yeah. Um, but like I don't think because like, like for example like my brother like my mm -hmm. brother has an Xbox One okay and I have the Series S right but I can't crossplay like Madden with him really I have to install the Xbox One version because if I'm playing with really? the Xbox Series S or X version it like can't down I don't it, I have no idea why it can't compare like it's not compatible but it's it's just a pain in the ass that it's sounds like, terrible the amount of money we're paying for these consoles and the system like they should at least be. But I think that's also by design to get you to buy the next system. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which is why uh, the my friend's really upset because he has a PS4 and he has to wait till I think mid May to get Hogwarts. Yeah. Because they pushed it back again. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, for that you could have bought a new a one. A PS5. Like, or, yeah. it. He's like, no, nah, man, I'm just gonna wait. I'm like, they're gonna that game's never gonna come out. That's like the AEW game. It's never coming out. That's We're never coming. And, and it's funny because they'll let you pre-order it. Oh but yeah. There's not take a date. Your money. They'll There's not money. a date for that game at all. But I keep getting ads for it. I keep getting like targeted Facebook ads, and it's like AEW Fight Forever. Like, uh, free or no. I'm like, trying to think. Do I don't? But you got you're you're, you're heavy into the wrestling world. So yeah, because my phone's on the desk it. and and it can hear us. So yeah, yeah I love being in the wrestling world. <laughs> it's so fun. We got a show. We got a show tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, PST. I'm just so excited. I love doing commentaries. I get to be silly. Um, yeah. Like my friend is the one who edits it. 
So, like, I'm, while we're doing commentary, I'm just thinking, what can I say in relation to this match that I know when he's editing is going to just fucking laugh? Yeah. Like, he's just going to be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I have yet to make it to a match. I'm a horrible friend. Uh, nah, dude, you're a busy friend. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a thing that you just have to grow to have as an adult is, like, you just have to understand, like, it's not personal. People are busy. Mm-hmm. We live in such a busy time where everybody is... Everyone's trying to be like self-made and make themselves like Correct. you can't expect everyone to always be there. Like that's not how it works. Especially in our thirties. Especially in our thirties when everybody is trying to be wherever they think they should be in life at that time. Yeah, everyone's trying to be an adult. Like, right. <laughs> like, dude, I my knee hurts. Like I, I can't <laughs> worry about what's going on with you right now. My knee I don't know why my knee hurts now. I need a nap. I need- <laughs> It's 2 p.m. and all I want is a nap in my stories. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, like I, 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 I'm learning to value friendship more in my 30s and mm-hmm. hold it to be more exclusive. Because when I was younger, I was like, I want to be everybody's friend. Nope. But now it's like I'm nice to everyone, but not everyone gets to be my friend. And like, good. I'm, I'm getting, you know, cutting people like. Because there's, there's a certain, like, with, with friendships, like, for example, me and you, mm-hmm. we don't talk all the time. Nope. You know, there'll be times where I won't see or talk to you for months, but then when I see you... It's always a good time. It's the, it's like we hung out yesterday. Exactly. And it's like, there's a difference between having a friendship like that, that you don't have to talk to every time, because you know that you guys just have a good rapport, and you guys have... You know, I'm always I'm always following you, mm-hmm. always seeing everything you do, and always and supporting each other. And if I'm gonna be honest, like it's inspiring, like to see my friends do what they do. Like it's especially like being from where we're from to see people doing things mm-hmm. is so cool because it's like I don't remember that growing up. Like I don't remember growing up and seeing like you know, for example, my brother's friends like doing stuff. Like my right. brother's friends were like street boys. Like they was just out. You know, doing street shit. Right, and same thing with my brother and their my brothers and their friends because I'm the youngest of ten. So it's like that, the, the thing I, is, sorry, what's up? <laughs> that blew my like I was because re- like I was saying, I was reading your rereading your book again, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Can thank you. The musings of a prince. We're gonna get into that later because I okay. I fucking I hope it doesn't offend you as a thing, but I have four pages of things that are important. And you I, bought it. It's your book. I'm, yeah, that, <laughs> and that's the other thing I want to talk about because like the last thing in there, the last. Uh, piece in there it's beautiful and like Thank I, you. like before we even jump off this i just think it's the perfect sandwich of power mm. because like the first two pieces are so powerful and then in the middle of it it's a little bit of everything and then at the end it's just two more powerful pieces thank you so i didn't even just, think about it like yeah that. like it I'm gonna tell you like fresh like i literally <laughs> dude it's my job paid me to read this today that hey was now really cool but like yeah, it's just like a sandwich of power. There's two really strong pieces in the front that give you, like, uh, it's almost like you're getting on the ride you're about to go on, like the roller coaster ride you're gonna get on, mm-hmm. and then at the end, like it gives you that one more great drop, and you're like, wow, damn, let's run it back. I appreciate that. So, I didn't even yeah, think about big, it like that. Big fan. Thank big you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But like yeah, like it's just cool to see like, you know, you. And like Denzel and all my comedian friends and I have mm-hmm. friends who are making music and they're doing things with music. Um, you know, I have a friend who was on the podcast, just got cast as Mufasa in a, in a Lion King production. Nice. Like it, it's to see like my peers and stuff succeeding. Like it's really hard not to be like, yeah, like I need to 
I gotta get this. It's very motivating. Um, how do like? What is what motivates you? Like what's like? How do you like like this? Like how do you create something like this? Oh, okay. Um, but to go back to what I was gonna say to 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 come into that. So the difference between, I guess, our generation and previous generations, like our older brothers, sisters, our parents, is the thing is like most people are just the school system is taught to make you an employee yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. it's it's really the millennials that have like millennials and especially gen z because gen z will quit a job after two days but the millennials is like okay i'm gonna work this job but this job is really just going to fund the things that i really want to do with my life yeah we are the dream funder generation yeah so um so that's why it's like that big gap or you know that difference rather between you know our oldest brothers sisters and, and our parents um so for me it was just kind of like <clears throat> i do i've done a little bit of everything creatively like my first love was dance i used to dance until i uh injured myself what kind of dance uh i started off with hip-hop doing a little uh hip-hop dance break dancing little but that's actually how i injured myself break dancing um that's why they call it break dancing yeah sure. literally uh broke my tailbone so <laughs> oh how old were you oh man i was early teens early teens it was like freshman year uh -huh. I was like, you know, doing one of those spins. And actually, no, I take that back. I did uh, what was called like a suicide flip where you do a well. front flip, but you land on your back. Well, but I didn't break my fall the way that I was supposed to. I landed directly on my tailbone <laughs> and it I mean, the adrenaline was still pumping, so I didn't feel it at first. And then it was like, oh, shit, I can barely walk. Did you finish the routine? Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, like I said, the, the adrenaline was pumping, so it was like the life of an artist. Yeah, so it's, it's like wrestlers; like they don't yeah. sometimes they don't realize they're hurt until the match is over. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, I did so a little for, dancing. Um, I thought how, I was a rapper sorry, for five minutes. You, how long were you dancing before the tailbone? Uh, um, I used to just dance around the house as a kid. Um, so there's that. Um, and then I stopped around 21. That was when I was like, okay. I Had you already cut back on breaking at that point? Oh, yeah. I wasn't breaking anymore. I was At that point, I was just, um, I was at actually where you guys do BST at the Taylor Center. Yeah. I was a dance teacher during like the, the summer program. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, you know, tried to be a rapper for five minutes. God, didn't we all? Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> didn't we all? Dude, I, so I never thought about being a rapper. Then, like, a Daddy Yankee came out, and I was like, yo, <laughs> yo, I, I got a Yankee hat. <laughs> I, like, I can do this. And it's just like, you know, all my friends are doing it, so I'm going to start rapping, too. Yeah. And I had a little rap group and everything, and it was like, yeah. Did you have a name? Did you have a rap same name I go by, Prince Latif. Yeah, that never that never went away. That's I mean it's a great name. Thank you, thank it's you. It's a good name. Um so yeah, and then um you know, poetry became my thing. Um because it was kind of like a you know, as guys like we're not always allowed to be vulnerable yeah. and and talk about feelings cuz you know, it's a little yeah. girl shit. Yep. You know, blah, blah blah. So like 
writing writing down my feelings became the only thing that I could do because there was nobody to talk to about Did it. Did you journal? Um, no, because again, I was uh, I was afraid of being made fun of okay. for you got a little diary, little nigga. Like, yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> See, that's why so, I never I never kept a journal for that reason. Like, I, it just felt like not even for that reason. Like, it just felt weird to me to take a book and be like, hey, so today I did this, this, and this, and if I felt like this, it was easier for me to write things like in like a story form, or it was easier for me to write something else as opposed to like just like describing my day. Do you now journal as an adult? No. I bet you it I, would help a lot with your comedy. I constantly, I have a note in my phone of mm-hmm. just thoughts, like just things that constantly pop into my mind that I just no, write. So you technically have a journalist just in your phone instead of in a book. Yeah, but I think it's more so like, yeah, I don't know, I, I, I guess, because I know like everybody always like, I see people posting about like journal prompts and stuff, and like I don't, like my, for sure, my brain can't process it, mm-hmm. like, where it's like, oh, for today's journal, write about, you know, whatever this is, my brain goes blank, like I can't. Well, my my girlfriend does journal prompts mm-hmm. almost every day on her Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to P Rose. Shout out. Um, we were actually just talking before the mics came on about how oh, how much yeah, it yeah. has upgraded our lives to be dating creatives. Dude, it's <laughs> it is it's like beautiful chaos. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. like there'll be times where I'll come home and she's sitting in the living room. Mm-hmm. And there's like six canvases in our living room. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, everything. And I'm like, doing it all at the same time. Okay. All right. What do we got going on? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay. But it's like, it always ends up amazing. Like, there's so much art all over my house now, which wasn't there before. And it's just like. But she even painted the walls in here. That was, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was pretty dope. Yeah. When, uh, honestly, when she, when we first started seriously like dating and started like talking and all that stuff I was telling her I was like you know I wanted I want to make this a studio but I don't know and she's like well let's go like what do you want to do I was like I should probably repaint it so we repainted it and then I was like I gotta soundproof it because I had these foam but I wasn't sure how to do it she built these racks for me like that's all ruler and she spray painted it all black Mm. and then just glued all the foam to it and then we came in here and thumbtacked it up and Hey man, I'm a, I'm a listen. I I my current relationship is a testament that creatives need to be with creatives. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's insane. And like um, I always tell her, we're we're all creatives. Like we're both creatives, and mm-hmm. like, but our mediums are so drastically different. Mm-hmm. I constantly tell her, I'm like, you're you're way better at your thing than I am at my thing. Because, like, I think comparatively, like, to compare a good comedy set to a good painting, like, mm-hmm. it's not even close. Like, it's not, like, a, no, it's like I look two, at her two paint, different things. I look at her paintings and I'm like, that looks better than any show I could do. Like, it, I, I'm, I always tell like, how it's so much, like, I, to me, I guess because I can't do it. Like, I can't paint mm-hmm. my way out of a fucking wet paper bag. Like, I am so bad. I've tried. I've tried. I have a couple paintings. Uh, actually, my dad has... Two out of the three paintings I ever like made and nice. gave to people. Um, one of them is my mom has mine. One is like a little abstract painting. It's cool. It was inspired by uh, Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Nice. And it's like oh, I think it was like a, 
I was like 16 and I did it. Mm. And I was like, ooh, I'm so artsy. I'm so cool. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, I'm always fascinated with people who can draw because like to to look at something, remember it, and then like four days later be like, oh, this is, and then just put it on a piece of paper. I, can, oh, I don't understand it. I can look at something and draw it. Or I, at least I was able to. I don't know if I can still do it. I haven't tried it. And I don't know how, so, how long. But I couldn't draw like freehand. Like just something out of my mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, back to like the journaling, right? Like with the prompts. Like I literally just bought a journal before I came over here. Oh, there's a. One? Yeah, it was. it's actually called the Mental Health Journal for Black Men. So it has like prompts and practices to prioritize yourself and work on your well-being. Okay. Yeah, so I actually picked that up um, at the Kindred Thoughts bookstore downtown in the, um, the the arcade mall. Oh yeah, I saw you uh, you post about. It. Yeah, yeah. So I picked up that on my way over here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try the the prompting thing for a while, okay. um, or again rather, because like I was saying, uh, my girlfriend P Rose, she actually used to have an Instagram page called Rhythm Cues, uh-huh. and um, she would take a song, like she would listen to a song every morning and come up with a journal prompt based on that song. Oh right! So I was doing that for a while, but now I'm going to to try to do this. But yeah, I, I had <clears throat> I have a book somewhere. I that's the thing. Like I buy things like that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab hold of my mental health, and I'm gonna take care of it. Mm-hmm. And then I buy the book. I do like two things, and then the consistency is the hardest part, right? I, I think that is my biggest weakness as a person. Um, but what it takes 21 days to make a habit. So you just got to try to make sure, like, and again, this is another shout out to to my girlfriend is like one thing she has like this morning routine where she gets up before everybody in her house and she makes sure she journals before she even starts her day. So I've tried to do something like that. It doesn't always work. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because I I also have to get out of the habit of scrolling through my phone when I wake up. Yeah. Um but um, I do feel like the 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 phone scrolling though has essentially replaced the morning paper, which is just. It's but that's horrible thing. for your mental health. Yeah, though. well, it's it's and that that's what I'm learning. It's really horrible for your mental health to just get up and you see everything going on in the world. Or people that may be doing better than you, or the people that are at the gym and all this, and you just start to compare yourself. Yeah. First yeah. thing in the morning. Yeah, Denzel. Right. Yeah. Right. Every time I see it, I'm like, man, that's great. I'm gonna go, and then I'm like. <sighs> so like when you see all that type of shit first thing in the morning, it could it could make or break your day. So I have to like, yeah, stop doing that. So journaling um, is starting to become a thing again. Um, Reading or listening to audiobooks has been like my new my new jam. I love audiobooks. <clears throat> I just and it's funny because I I didn't realize I was paying for Audible for yeah. like ever. <laughs> Dude, how many credits did you have? You oh, I, a sweet library. Oh, now. I got a crazy library. Yeah, a sweet library. <laughs> <laughs> I got a crazy library now, but um, yeah. So I didn't realize I was paying for Audible for a while. So I just I just racked up on books, and now, um, so I listen to because I did start going back to the gym this past week. So I will listen to books at the gym. Yeah, instead of like playing music, I'll listen to a book while I'm working out. Um, So, like, I'll listen to the book on the way to the gym while I'm working out and then on the way back home. Um, So, yeah, that's that's been the thing. Um, 
And like I said, just stepping back again. So it's like I've always been some form of creative. And I think uh, photography and, and poetry is just kind of like where I found that thing that I can just keep going. When did you when did you start each? Uh, poetry, again, that was when I was a teenager because it was my only outlet. Yeah. Um, all my brothers had moved out. Uh, my father was in rehab. Um, so I started to write about my feelings about that, which is actually um, debt to sobriety, which is towards the end of the book. That was one of the piece, uh, the part of the power sandwich. Yeah, that was, the power sandwich. Yeah, that's, dude, <laughs> when you look at this again, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's literally, it, yeah, I can, I can go on. Um, thank you. But uh, so, yeah, so it was like it became my way of just like dealing with my feelings because, you know, back then. Uh, therapy was stigmatized yeah. you know you if you, you go to therapy you must be crazy you well, know I had, I had tried therapy mm -hmm. probably when i was like because like my, my parents have been you know whatever since my since as long as i can remember they've just been whatever with each other and uh -huh. like i went i think i was like probably like 12 and i went i got a therapist because like i just couldn't process i couldn't deal with anything and i talked to my dad and um, you know, we work for the post office, and, and think uh, they have a really good program called uh, EAP. It's right. available for all employees, like, and their their family. Like, mm -hmm. if you need it, it's great, it's beautiful. Um, That's how I started too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but like the therapist I had, like, I went to her, and we were talking, and it was like, I didn't feel like she was ha like doing anything. And we would sit there, and like, she wasn't asking me questions. She <clears> just wanted me to talk, and I'm like. I don't know what's bothering me. Like, I need help. And, and like, as a kid, I was like, this is weird. And I want to say over the pandemic, I went into it again. Mm -hmm. I got, because, like, better help started popping up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, fuck it. Podcast was like, you gave me a promo code. I signed up. Got linked up with Cheryl. Shout out to Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> and uh, Cheryl, hands down, changed my life. Nice. Changed my life. Yeah, my uh, my therapist's name is Stephanie. Shout out to Stephanie. Shout out Stephanie. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I did the same thing as you. I went through the EAP uh, with GameStop. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I went through the EAP with GameStop at the time, and um, it was a similar situation. Like I hated that that therapist because I know it's gonna be a bad taste in somebody's mouth but it was a white woman i'm a black man and you know so i'm talking to her talking to her about some things that i go through she's like no you really you go through that like and i'm oh. like you're not you're, you're not supposed to react like that yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and, and i think that was also with me too because i was i was a 12 year old hispanic kid mm -hmm. and she was a, a white woman and at the time like that that wasn't even something i had thought about mm -hmm. but like looking back now i'm like she just didn't understand like right she, right she's probably seen her parents hug you know which exactly. is something i don't really remember outside of maybe like someone dying you yeah. know so it's like she couldn't help me with that but fucking cheryl <laughs> fucking cheryl bro shout she's, out to therapists she's, yeah you guys are out there saving the world yeah if I, if I, yeah, I know, I know a couple therapists, like personal so do I. friends who are so therapists, do I. and, uh, and they are they burnt out. This, you guys <laughs> are heroes. Uh, you got, you guys should get hazard pay all the time, all the time, all the time, because uh, in the mental health hazards. Listen, the people that should be making some of the most money these days are teachers and therapists. Dude, I think I've always thought that teachers should get 
paid the way athletes do. I think they should, um, like, you should be bidding for the best teachers in the country to come teach at your school, and they should be getting paid. Isn't like, that in one of your comedy bu- in comedy bits? I don't know. I, f- I feel like it, it was. I, f- I feel like you've said something like that. Man, so. I've forgotten a lot of comedy. It's okay. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, I just feel like they should be getting paid more. Like, I think I, I have a, like, you know, I'm sure you do, too. There should be a teacher draft. I have a lot of friends <laughs> who are teachers who should be making a lot more. Yeah. You know, because they should be, like, because you can't, you don't have these athletes without good teachers. Exactly. I don't care what you say. I don't. I don't care about none of that. Without, because you have to maintain a decent grade point average to play sports. And if you don't have a teacher who cares, unless you got it made like that, and there's somebody that, oh, it's just like it's just tutoring it you. Yeah. 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 But like you know, you need a teacher who gives a fuck enough about you to be mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm gonna help you get to the next level athletically, but you gotta hit these books. You know, like even with whatever you do, right? Like teachers, like everybody, anybody in this world right now can think of that one teacher's name that changed their life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like back when I didn't even know what depression was, but back when I was in elementary school, um, Miss Lynn was her name. She was the art teacher at Multicultural Magnet School. And she was the one that looked at the art that I would make in art class and was like, have you, are you experiencing any depression? And I was like, I don't know what that is. What's that? All right. Yeah. Because like everything that I would create was morbid. Yeah. I was always drawing skeletons and spiders and, you know, so on and so forth. And like recently, but like, I think that year, one of, not my classmates, but somebody like the class above. So I think I may have been sixth or seventh grade. They were seventh or eighth had committed suicide. So when my art teacher was like going through the art that I had made, she was like, yeah, we need like a parent teacher conference, you know? And, you know, that was when I started to realize that I was dealing with mental health issues. Yeah. But it wasn't until I became an adult that I actually decided to do something about it. Cause again, um, you know, our parents are from that, that, time where they're like therapy (laughs) and my father was highly religious so they thought they could pray everything away yeah you know what i'm saying so (laughs) it's like i i appreciate the sentiment right because like that's one thing like with with, uh uh uh, that i've noticed with like people who i don't understand people who get mad like if someone says uh if you sneeze and they go bless "Bless you you," and they're like oh don't say that i'm not religious i get it but like to them right it means something highest most meaningful thing i can do for you right and that's just, I feel like it's almost insulting to just be like, oh, what kind of horrible person do you have to be to, to tell a person not to bless you? Like, oh, please, tight, <laughs> thank you. Like, radical fucking atheists. How was your how was your pandemic? How was twenty twenty for you? Wish I remembered. Um, Hell no, no. Um, let's see. Like, cause everybody, everybody was baking sourdough and trying new things. I'll, I'll say this: How did you spend it? I remember joking about it, and I was saying I might have even said it on Facebook, and I was like, "Everybody's about to start breaking up now, cause you guys got to be home with your partners twenty four seven, and you're not gonna get that break from your partner, right?" Man. Weeks later, my relationship ended. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, I think it's just a lot of stuff. 
happened 2020 just like <coughs> I um you know I never I never stopped working the whole pandemic no did I and I was um I was just working from home because I was delivering mail right at the beginning of it so I was out there and uh man it was really nice like being out in the world because mm-hmm. no one was there oh my god it was beautiful dude I would because my my mail route was by the beach mm. so dude I'm just walking around in beautiful weather nobody around there's birds chirping there was a buck in somebody's yard I've mm. never seen a deer like a buck before in person right and that was the, that was the be- most beautiful thing about the beginning of the pandemic is the fact that nobody was out so the animals started to come back out you just do you remember how clear the sky was sky it was, was so clear, clear like was the highways beautiful. were clear there was a bear walking around Westville in New Haven. <laughs> yes. Dude, animals were like, are you kidding? Are we? It's ours now. They right. Coming in. Oh. They're like, wait, where are the people? I guess we out here now. There was just deer running around Central. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But yes, so that part of the pandemic was beautiful. And, and the lack of traffic. Because oh. I, it was a while before my, my job decided to work from home. Uh-huh. Um, and just that commute back and forth to work because I worked in, uh, I work in, well, the company that I work for is based in Norwalk. Uh-huh. So that nine, that 95 traffic didn't exist anymore. Dude. So I, what used to be an hour drive was now 15 to 20 minutes. And I was like, this is beautiful. Dude, I sit in that traffic every day coming home because I work in Stanford now. Mm. And every day when it takes me. 20 minutes to get from exit 6 to exit 9 I just Shit. pray for another pandemic I'm like drop <laughs> drop another kind of flu baby like mm-hmm. please like I need to get to and from work way right. quicker dude like you need today, to be on that tricked. train I got tricked today because I was going to work and there was no traffic I left a little late this morning I got mm-hmm. to work in like 20 minutes there was no traffic I'm like oh my god it's good Friday no one oh, went to work yeah. I don't know if these motherfuckers went to work late or what? I got out of work. It took me another twenty-five minutes to get from six to nine. I'm like, God, Jesus. Well, you left late, so maybe they were just later. Or, like, Fuck, dude, I, yeah. I hate traffic. I hate traffic. It's my least favorite thing. I think traffic would be my thirteenth reason. If that's <laughs> that would be, you know, I've never seen got a little show. morbid there. I've Neither did seen, I. Never seen that show, but I love that joke. I just love when someone says something like, dude, you are my 13th reason. I swear to you, you are reason number 13. <laughs> is that what the show is about, suicide? Uh, so uh, so the story of it is like, uh, it's 13 reasons why. It's this girl, uh, she kills herself, and she leaves a series uh, of tapes as, as reasons, what, the why, reasons she why she did it. Okay. Each episode is a tape, and it's about the people in her life and lies she had to keep. That sounds depressing as fuck. It's wild. It's just some crazy... I'll, I'll continue to avoid that I show. I think it's like a fucking teen show. Yeah, it's for the, yeah I'm good. Whatever. I, I don't like dramas. I don't watch things like that. I think like, I've I, stopped. I don't go out of my way to watch them, but like if it's a good, like if it's a highly recommended, like good movie, I'll watch it. But like for the most part, I use like TV and media as escapism. So I don't want right. to watch anything that's going to. I don't like horror movies. I don't I watch fucking them. love horror. What do you mean? Oh my God. I don't get you people. I'll get you horror people. It's the it, adrenaline it, rush. For what? What, what do you mean? What, what's the just adrenaline a, for? Like, that's like going to so haunted not, houses. I hate that. I'm joke. not. I'm not into all types of horror. 
You like the gory shit? No, that's the type of shit that like, I'm like, I can take it like or leave Saw? it. Saw, I like because it's it's intelligent. Saw's intelligent. Like, no, because the thing that I loved about Saw, which made it very original to me, was the fact that this the 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 killer Jigsaw was basically punishing people for their sins, so to speak, and he would set up these contraptions that kind of mirrored the lives that they had and they had to basically atone for their sins in order to get out and most people didn't because they were too selfish to be able to free themselves yeah like yeah like i I only saw the first saw and with the guy who cut his foot off and all that like and one of the saws there was a person that was like a heroin addict or something like that Uh so he suspended them above like a pool of like syringes yeah and they had to like go through this go through these syringes in order to find the key to get out right so it's like am I going to continue sticking myself with these needles to get to the key to get out this room or am I just going to sit here and die? Huh. <laughs> so it's like, I, I just really appreciated the genius of the way he was, he was getting people, you know? So, but I, I'm, I'm big into the psychological thrillers and, um, I don't like being scared. Not a fan of it. I don't, I don't understand people who like going to haunted houses because people who are like, oh, I love going. It's so fun. What's fun about this? It's, again, it's adrenaline. Just like the people that I, I don't understand. People that jump out of airplanes. Yeah, like, that's wild too. Like that's, I'm not the big. Like insane. I'm not into motorcycles because I'm like, you guys are gonna. I'm not gonna say you guys are gonna die, but like, very unsafe. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's, it's not the safest very thing insane. in the world, but it's an adrenaline rush to some people. And you know, I knew. You know, like. For some, for some dudes, it's like an easy way to get women. Like, hey, I have this motorcycle. Oh, can I get on your bike? Dude. But right. So, but <laughs> I'm I'm not one of those guys. Like, listen, I am not an exciting person to date. <laughs> I am a very, I am a very simple man. Yeah. You know, like, give you know, me my been simple. Give me my comic books. Give me my video games. Give me a good movie or a good book. I'm a homebody unless I until I don't have to be. Like anytime you see me like working an event, hosting an event, what have you, I I, I always say like I'm in character. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I I get on stage and on stage I'm Prince Latif, and then I get off and I go right back to being the regular person that I am. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, in order to even get into that that zone, I have to be intoxicated. Like, I got to take a, a, you know, a pull from a joint, or I got to take a couple of sips of whiskey or something like that, just to get over the anxiety of having to be around people and hold people's attention. Like, I could never, like, put it this way. I was in uh, the Never Say No improv troupe. Like, I can, I can be silly. But I can never do what you do, which is be funny on purpose. Like, I can't get on stage and intentionally make people laugh. But is that what you did with the improv group? It was just, again. You just weren't saying I things. had, but I had other people to, to, you know what I'm saying, to bounce off of. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they say, say, they say something, 
I say something to piggyback off of what they said, and we just go back and forth. Yeah. But could I get up there and do a five-minute set in front of a room of people just make me laugh? Oh, God. Oh right like oh. i've seen you guys come to our, our kickbacks in in some of our events and everybody in the room is just waiting for like can't tell how scary that is <laughs> oh. i couldn't do it like it's different when you're on like for example like you brought the kickback it's different when you're on like like uh, a stage like when you're literally on a stage because you're like above the people so it's like different like mm -hmm. there's like it's it's literally one of those like it gets a different level than you. Right, right. That but when you're like in a intimate Same spot, level. like in the kick, like at the kickback, and you're like, hey, and the people are looking right hey, at you, eye to eye. Hey, well, I'm right. I need to tell you guys about this one time when I got a, I a blowjob one time, and like, and then they just look at you. My lead, when when someone looks and they go like this, they go. I'm like, oh god. At that point, I want to like shrivel up into a little ball. Well, one thing, and I don't want to get too off topic, even though it seems to be. What we've done all episode, yeah, but it's my, life, honestly. <laughs> my life is off topic. Um, but like the thing that I've noticed would when it comes to you, you know, your comedians coming to certain open mics. Not op not all open mics are created equal. Oh, you have to. I've <laughs> I, I've I learned that I learned that not even from like. Uh, um, you know, like poets realm or anything. Like I've I've been the only comic on a music mic, mm. and oh my god, is that not the place? Because they're waiting for you to get off the stage so they can hear more music. They just want more music, but yeah. then they but they always advertise it as like music and comedy and this, and it's like you don't have to advertise it as comedy if you don't want comedy there. Because when you put it on there, it gives the illusion that someone there wants it. So when you get there, and as soon as you get up and grab, like you don't have an instrument. And they see that, and you don't start singing. Everyone literally just turns, and you're like, <sighs> But the same thing has happened at a kickback. I've had someone literally tell me, oh, I'm here for the comedy show. And I'm like, was this advertised as a comedy show? Because this yeah. is my event. I didn't advertise yeah. it as a comedy show. Yeah. But I guess, you know, I guess one of you guys, you know, the people that actually come, like you or Chris Sear. Love that guy. Um, Big jerk, but love that guy. Um, who's... Matt Lopes, Matthew yeah. Lopes. I, I, yes. First of all, I apologize to Matt Lopes because the first thing when he did come to a kickback, I introduced him as Matt Lopez after he said Lopes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but that, that's a very, very common mistake between uh, Hispanics and the Portuguese. Same right. name. They just put an S, we put a Z. Right. You know. Um, and there's one guy whose name I always forget and i'm a horrible person but he always goes in on me because i always forget his name <laughs> and he's gonna do it again yeah just because he's going to listen to this he's like i know he's talking about me but um yeah so that's funny though that you say like that, that you feel that you couldn't do what i do but you i think what you i I personally think what you guys do at Poets Realm and like Poetry Slams and all that stuff is way scarier. Well, because of like the level of vulnerability with some of the pieces and things like that, like that's that's terrifying. That's like letting some that's like letting someone into the inside baseball of your life. Yeah, so that's, that's the so thing scary. is like all of it is scary. Yeah. Right? Because again, like just to say I had a kickback or hosting an event. 
is you got to do it all. Like you got to get up there, you got to entertain people from bet- between acts. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to be funny or charismatic or whatever to keep people's attention yep. until the next person gets up there, and then maybe you got to crack a joke when they're done or whatever, and then then you have to switch over and get vulnerable and do a you know a poem. And then switch it up again, and then you got to be entertaining again after you just damn near cried doing the last poem. Yeah, now you got to be the funny man. And now, you, yeah, now you got to switch back into being. It's it's a lot. I bet oh, God. it's a lot. And honestly, I don't know if anybody has ever noticed, but after a kickback, you typically don't see me for about two weeks. Yeah, because I have to like I'm one of those people that has to like yeah. mentally reset. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dude, I had one of those days the other the other night actually. For I want to say it was night, night two of Mania. Mm-hmm. I I was supposed to go to my friend's house, and I was all amped. I was like, "All right, bet I'm gonna go." And then, just mentally, was like, "No, you're not going. You yeah, need to, you need to sit down and you need to just stop." And I I just sat on my couch. And going back to the things that we appreciate about adult friendships, yeah, is being my friend. You have to understand that there's. A, some point going to be a time where you inter- you uh, invite me somewhere and I agree, and then I don't show up. Yeah, and it's and it's never I'm personal. It's I'm just it's not even that. It's just like the sometimes like when I get like when the time comes to be somewhere, sometimes I'm like I ain't got it in me. Yeah, I ain't got it in me to be around people. Never <laughs> I don't, like I, I'm not in the mental space to be around people, and I'm not gonna go there and ruin the vibe. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, if yeah, there's like, if I'm gonna sit, if I'm gonna go, I'm gonna sit. Like, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna be quiet. But you're gonna want to talk to me, so then I'm gonna have to respond. And I don't know how to like not show that I don't want to talk. So I'm just gonna be like, yeah. And then you're gonna be like, oh, well, what's wrong? I'm like, well, and small wrong? talk triggers anxiety. Like, I hate small talk. That's it's like, I'm, what are you, what are you doing now? Spoiler I don't, alert. You don't fucking care. Spoiler like, alert. That's why I started this. Because <laughs> I'm so terrible at small talk. And I think this will force me, not into having small talk, but just being a better conversationalist. Which is something I feel like I struggle with direly. Specifically, like, in comedy. Podcasts are beautiful for that. Though. Yeah. And I get, to, I get to know my friends better. I True. get to know, like, all my friends do cool shit. You know, like, sweet. You're the second photographer I've had. Oh. So, with that said, what other questions do you have for me? For photography? Just in general, oh, dude, about in creativity. General, dude, I so many. We can go into this, but I not yet. Not yet. Because I, I, I highlighted stuff. Just... <sighs> Alright, so I'm not going to take too much time, but I, I want to ask, because you brought up Mania. Okay. Alright. Like, what is your what are your current thoughts about mainstream wrestling? I I don't watch it. Really? Yeah, I don't watch it. I, what I do is I read the Bleacher Report grades the day after. I watch Simon Miller. Like if the I, next if the next morning. Like I always look at the cards like to see what's happening, uh, and if it's something interesting or mm-hmm. someone I like, I'll watch. Um, like I watched, uh, you know, I watched Dynamite. Okay. And Jay White showed up. Correct. And I lost my shit because I love Jay White and WWE dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. WWE dropped the ball by letting Vince back in the door. Like but you, you, you did not sign the switchblade. One of the biggest talents out of Japan, and you didn't lock him in. 
they would have dropped the ball even if they did sign him because right. now that Vince is back in power, they would have never let Jay White be Jay White. They would have given him some stupid ass name like just Jay. <laughs> Called him Jay Blanco <laughs> or, or the Blade or some stupid shit. Like, even though there is a Blade in AEW, I apologize. But now we love the butcher and the Blade, right? But like, they would have given him some stupid name and some stupid gimmick. They wouldn't have allowed him to say the words Bullet Club, like you know what I'm saying. Like, so they would have dropped the ball with Jay White anyway. They, so I'm what? glad he didn't. They go probably that would way. have taken away the Blade Runner, right? Because it's just a sister Abigail. Right, but also too like the name. Like Vince has to be able to to trademark everything you do. That is true. God fucking hate Vince. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like the people that left WWE. I'm glad they left WWE, and for most of them, I hope they never go back. Like, you know what upsets me? One of the people I was very happy that they left WWE. But I'm upset because they still haven't been used as they fucking should be. Is um, Keith Lee? I was about to say exactly the same thing. Like, because I saw him when he was here in Bethany, Connecticut, uh, with NEW. Yep. And I was like, this man's fucking amazing, dude. For him to be as big as he is and, and move the way that he does, it doesn't make sense. And I was like, he he needs to be a star. And then when he became like when he had the two belts in in NXT, dude, I was like. That's it. He's the man. And then they called him up, and I'm like, why? Bro, when you have him be the final member of Team NXT and almost beat Roman Reigns, mm -hmm. but then you don't do anything? But also, Bearcat? First of all, I, I still think that calling people up from NXT is the worst thing WWE can do. Well, because there haven't been enough people that have succeeded since being called up. I think like you got you got your five. you got your Roman you at your your yeah, your Roman Reigns or the whole Shield. Yeah, shield. you got the four horsewomen. Um, and honestly, I think it really stops there, as far as people that have like succeeded and gone above and beyond since being called. Oh, Kevin Owens, yeah, Sami Zayn, but. But even Sami Zayn, he's only Sammy now Zane gotten over. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. They haven't done anything with him. He needed the bloodline to get over. And then I guess Finn. Oh, and I'm Finn. still, I'm but still then, very mad about Finn. I'm still, you know, very, I'm still mad very about mad Finn. about Finn. I don't think I'll ever forgive him. Nakamura. Yeah, that. He's another one. Should have stayed in NXT. I'm still the biggest. I love. I think Shinsuke Nakamura. Probably Where is he now? You would know better than I am. He's surfing. Yeah, okay. that's why he's not going back to Japan. That's why I believe that he's not going I, back to Japan because the schedule he has, and he gets to surf whenever he wants. Because when I was watching Mania, I was talking to because I have like a wrestling group chat. So yeah. I was like, I was talking to the people in the group. I was like, what the fuck happened to Nakamura? Yeah. Like I haven't heard his name. Yeah, like I haven't seen him anywhere. Like anytime I look on Instagram, like you said, he's just surfing, yeah, just chilling, being a cool ass dude. Because I mean, when you're walking around with a cool ass name like Shinsuke Nakamura, mm -hmm. like you can just do whatever you want. Go surf, bro. You're <laughs> the coolest guy. But like, um, but there's so many people in WWE specifically that have been called up from NXT and nothing has been done with them. Like Shinsuke, yep, Keith Lee. Um, I was happy when Ember Moon got called up, but then when I saw what they did with her, I was like, yeah, let her go. 
Uh, I, I said Keith Lee already. Um, I think Ember Moon has. Um, or Athena. I think Athena has a, the, the that cutter off the top rope is one of the coolest fucking things ever I've ever seen. And I'm glad to see her running Ring of Honor. Yes, but oh, we'll get to AEW. I still think that she should have been the one to end Jade Cargill's record. Yeah, who's gonna do it? I think they. I think they're planning on Jade Valkyrie. Or whatever her name oh. is, uh, not Jade Valkyrie, Taya. but some Taya Valkyrie, to 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 do it. Um, but yeah, I was very unstoked when she was the surprise. I wasn't because I didn't know who she was prior to like they were making a big deal out of so, her in my in my group cool. chat. She's cool, but like I feel this. I feel about her the same way I feel about John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, whatever you want to call him. Johnny Drip Drip. Johnny Drip Drip. Uh, Johnny Dynamite, I think his name is now in AW. Like, I'm. She's really, really good, but to me, she's boring as fuck. Valkyrie? Yeah. Like, I, I don't. I'm not, I don't get it. See, here's the like, thing John Morrison, super athletic, super cool, great in the ring, amazing. You give that guy a microphone, and I fall asleep. My thing is, when it comes to AEW, their women's division is their most lacking. The, the most lacking part of their they their have, business. They have such a talented women's roster, but they treat it like early 2000s WWE. Right. They just don't do bra and panty matches. Basically. But it's like, when you got people like, you got, well, Jade Cargill's not the greatest wrestler. She's just nice to look at and easily to market. Yeah. But And she's freakishly strong right um but you got amber moon like yep. or excuse me um athena you got jamie she you got jamie hater you got tony storm you got you know so many other people but my thing this is gonna sound horrible but you have way too many asian wrestlers like because you basically went and got everybody from japan that you could and it's like i know this is going to sound racist but sometimes I can't tell them apart because they all have similar gimmicks. Yeah. They're yeah. like, you know, the sweetheart uh, girl next door come out wearing some, like come out super cheery and doing flips and shit. And I'm like, okay, which one is this? Yeah. Yeah. Which generic Japanese. Yeah. Which style. generic Japanese. Yeah. Japanese chick is which this is crazy though, because like WWE has, uh, Zia Lee, Asuka, Eo Sky. And they were stupid to let her go. Um, uh, I forgot the girl from NXT. But they're four drastically different characters. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, you're talking about um, uh, the, the, the one that comes out with the tank? The one, oh. No, that's Shotzi. Shotzi, yeah. Shotzi. But the one in NXT with the pajamas. I don't remember. Because yeah. I, I stopped watching NXT when, when Vince took over. Oh, when it became 2.0? Yeah, I stopped watching NXT. You when know it, what, as soon as he got his hands on it, I was like, nope. Big NXT shout out. Big fan. Braun Breaker. Incredible. He's the son, son of Rick Steiner. That, that much I do know. And Carmelo But I've never Hayes. watched it. I've never watched. Mello is that dude. As soon as they went to NXT 2.0, I watched like two or three episodes, and I was like, yeah, I'm good. Dude. And I never went back to NXT. you have a chance, uh, watch the... I believe it's Stand and Deliver the night before uh, it was before Night One Mania mm -hmm. um, Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker for the NXT title yeah because Carmelo Hayes won didn't he yep Carmelo yeah. Hayes is incredible I saw him at an NEW show 
when he was Christian Casanova in in um, Waterbury, and he was incredible. And it just, it was crazy to see because I was talking to um I was talking to a friend of the show, fellow BST commentator Harry, about what up HD about how cool it was that we saw Carmelo Hayes in a fucking high school gym, gym in yep. Waterbury. Yep. And, and now he's on TV. He won the NXT title at the Crypto.com arena. Mm-hmm. Like, which is weird. That's always same way I feel center. about. That's always the same center. way I feel about Chris Lee. I mean Keith Lee. Um, and he was. That was when he was in his feud with Dijak, and they've dropped the ball with Dijak too. How? <laughs> how do you drop the retribution ball with Dijak? Retribution is how you drop the ball. You what drop I'm the ball with everybody because right I I still want Mia Yim to get. I wanted her to leave and go to AEW with her husband personally. I thought she would. I don't know why she went back. I don't know. But then again. Probably has a better shot of doing something in the WWE's women's division than AEW. Right, because right now, and I hate to say it, but they're really centered around the white girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and, know, like, like, don't get me wrong. I love Jamie Hayter. She's one of my favorite females on that roster because she's just disgusting. But my thing is, unless... Um, you know, unless you're from one of those two two factions, you're not going to see a belt anytime soon. Yeah. I don't know why you don't just put both titles on Jade, call it a day. No, because Jade's not a good wrestler. She's well, just... She's had the other one for... What, but, what's she at, 51? She's, yeah, just about. 51, that's, and that's, they're, they're trying to build her to be like Asuka, Goldberg, you know, they're, they're, that's their, you know, whatever, but... She's pretty much like Goldberg. And that's the thing. She's like Goldberg in the fact that Name a match that's gone longer than five minutes. Like, because yeah. I feel the same way about Hook. Like, everybody, oh, Hook's so blah, blah, blah. I, I time every Hook match that I watch. Dude, Hook they is, don't go past five minutes. I hate the way Hook sells. Right. It's, uh, they don't go past five minutes. And I'm like, you guys keep hyping these people up yeah. that can't wrestle. And Hook is trash on the mic, which is why he doesn't speak at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know who I love? Who I love so much from AEW? You're gonna say Danhausen? No, oh. I do love Danhausen. Uh, Chucky e. T. I don't even know who that Chuck is. Chuck Taylor from the Oh, Chuck Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is my fucking guy. I saw him at a Chikara show once. And I don't know if you ever been to a Chikara show. That is basically a live action. I don't even know what that is, dude. It's a live action cartoon. Okay. It is. It is just silly wrestling, incredible wrestling. Uh, Orange Cassidy wrestled there mm-hmm. uh, with a mask. He was part of a team called the Colony. And okay. They were all ants. Uh, he was fire ant. It was dude. It was hysterical. They were just some. Oh, but he was there and like he. Who was one of the Chuck Taylor was one of the first guys that I watched wrestle who like was verbal. Like mm-hmm. he would just talk. And like he got chopped and he goes, What the fuck that hurt? He's like, This isn't real, don't hit me so hard. Like it just and I'm dying <laughs> in the crowd, bro. Put him in the ring so with uh what's that other dude that does serious chest cho- uh, chest chops? Gunther? Yes, Gunther. That's probably my favorite mania match. Yeah, it was probably one of the best ones, they, but I'm still oh. I'm still not sold on Gunther. I I was a big Walter fan. I wasn't and, sold on him. I'm not now, sold on Imperium. I think they're just really boring to watch. And now I'm just worried that Vince is going to be all over that. And oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. He's about to. He's about to go all in on on uh, Gunther and um, Omos, yeah, which I think Omos is 
Uh, fucking terrible. Did you see his new um, slogan? No. <laughs> <laughs> this man posted an Instagram story, and he goes, "What's up, my Homo sapiens?" No. And I wish I was kidding. No. <laughs> his fans are the Homo sapiens. Let's let's not. Let's not. I was actually really surprised with him and Brock's match. They were, and I, I you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll tip my hat to Brock because he's been trying to, like, really put people over. Yeah, which is, I, I don't like it, but I'm very excited for him versus Cody. Because if you, if you look at Brock's matches since he's made his comeback, mm-hmm. all his best matches are against smaller guys. AJ Styles, Finn Balor. Because they need to stop putting him against other monsters. Like nobody wants to see that yeah, shit. Just like we never got Brock, we never got a proper Brock versus um, Braun no. Strowman match. Well, we but never it's like got Brock Batista. Good, which would have been good. Cool. But uh, what the ma- the thing about the match that fucked me up was when he just threw Brock. That was. That was the best spot in the entire match. I yeah. Well, I don't remember the rest of the match. I remember when Brock suplexed him. And I remember I was like, oh, as soon as he suplexed them, those people are going to fucking lose their shit. Yep. And and they did. Uh, I will say, um, I was a little let down by the entrances this year. Because I feel like Mania Bianca's almost brought me to tears. That was good. And that was before I knew the story. Yeah, that whole thing was so cool. Before I knew the story about the little girl's mother dying yeah. that morning. Like... But that that entrance almost brought me to tears. But yeah, there weren't any super spectacular entrances this like, year outside of Seth, Bianca. <sighs> Those are the only member. Oh, and and Edge. Yeah, Edge's was okay. Edge was Edge was, and uh, I just don't like that they called him Brood Edge. That's so weird. I think that was his choice though. Shame um, on him. But um, even. The demon making the demon lose two matches in a row. Like you're Why you're you you're, you're burying the demon. You're burying the demon. Do you think he was supposed to lose that match? Because I know I, him splitting his head, they fucked up. Yeah, I think so they, they I think match. they had to call the match in Ed's favor just so they can get him back and patch up his head. Yeah, yeah. But dude, that thing's crazy. That because I remember I saw him it, it hit him, and then all of a sudden I just started seeing drops hit the ground, and I went, "What the?" Yeah. Fuck? But, but sh- first of all, gear. there was no big, like, really cool mania gears. It was can really I, pretty can I just one. say, rest in peace to the Triple H era? <sighs> rest in peace to the Triple H era, because we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I, I, I think I'm about to give up on WWE, I'm honestly, because really, really now worried. that Vince is back in power and like every every news outlet that covers professional wrestling has said the same thing. The morale backstage has yeah. plummeted. Yeah, I definitely think you're going to see more people me. jump ship. Probably more people are going to leave. But I hope they don't all go to AEW. Yeah, because honestly, because AEW, AEW, their their roster is so too deep now. There's so many people, and they're not. There's not enough another fucking online show. Right. There's not enough TV time for everybody. No. No, especially for all the people I want to see, and also everybody's injured. <sighs> but that's because they wrestle their asses off over, uh, yeah. over at AEW. Man, I can't wait for AJ Styles to come back. I think I think I'm off the AJ Styles train, but honestly. And this is just me. I really wanted 
WWE to embrace the Bullet Club. So bad. But I think the only reason they didn't was because Brent's, uh, I said Brent's, Vince can't take ownership mm-hmm. of the Bullet Club name. Yeah. So they've had stupid ass names like the oh. Club. And what are they now? The OC. The OC, like original club. And when uh, Finn Balor first came out, his, you know, I still have the t shirt, the OGBC, the yep. OG Bullet Club. Yep. So it was like. I didn't even know when they called it Balor Club. I was like, okay, that's fine. And then AEW, they had the Elite. Yep. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, Switchblade and what's the other dude's name? Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson shot came out of nowhere. It was like Bullet Club. I was like, oh shit, they said it. <sighs> so now it's like, and this is the thing, and, and this is my personal opinion. I I feel like the Bullet Club is the most impactful faction in all of professional wrestling. All time. Yes. Or right. Now? And I I want to say all time, and this is why. Because in every major... I wish I had a hot take button. <laughs> in every major wrestling promotion, mm-hmm. the people at the top of the card are either current or former Bullet Club members. In AEW, you got the Elite. Yep. You got uh, the Cowboy. Yep. You got... Uh, there's somebody I'm missing over in AEW. Bullet Club? Yeah, that was it. Now you got Jay White and Juice. Yeah. And then you go to AEW. You had, excuse me, yeah, WWE, you had AJ Styles, Finn Balor. um, Starter of the Bullet Club. Exactly. Um, And then you got um, the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers, right? Gallows, yeah. Um, And there was somebody else. Oh, now they got Cody. Yep. So, and then I'm sure there's a couple of people over in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and in New Japan. Yep, and New Japan. So it's like the top one, the, the, the top three, the big three as far as like wrestling promotions, you Bullet know, Club are at the top of the card. So crazy. This is tough. We, I, I also have a wrestling group chat, and this, we somebody posted up, uh, they were like the top 10 greatest factions of all mm-hmm. time. And the number one faction they had on there was the Four Horsemen. Which I disagreed with. I could see why they would think that, but because if, if you really like, <laughs> what's the criteria? Because if you my criteria is based on impact. Impact. So, what, what would you consider? Like for me, I personally think if we're gonna go like the best overall faction of all time, in my opinion, has to be the Shield, because all three of those guys. Have Our reached, stars. They reach the absolute pinnacle. I think, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, all three of them are Grand Slam champions. Yeah. Like, no Wait. other faction yeah, has yeah. that. Yeah. No other group um, has had that. They won everything. But they would be top four for me. Like, because I think my top three are... Um, shit, I forgot just that fast. But it would be Bullet Club, um, NWO, And I think the authority oh, dude, or because authority had a bunch of stars as well, or, or I, like I would say authority slash evolution because evolution had triple H, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, Batista. Yeah. I think, I think evolution would be my number, my two. 
because I think that's the only other group. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if they're all Grand Slam champions. I think Batista is the only one that's not. Because I don't think Batista won. No, did he win the U.S. title? Don't get me to line because I don't. I don't know everybody's. Maybe, Maybe but, but um, I do know. I do know every member of the Shield has held every single title because mm -hmm. at, to win their first world title, they each beat one of the other ones. Right. So like, and they, shit, the they were tag team champion. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably the greatest group overall of all time. Because if you take if you take the Horsemen, and if we're going based on accolades, and you take Ric Flair out. They suck. You know, that's what you're left with. Also, that is the coolest lighter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is, because it has a stand, and it's a little torch. Mm-hmm. Is it like a big flame? Uh, I mean, it's okay. big enough. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the one I had for you. Actually, this is real fun. Um, I, bought, I got this torch for my birthday. Nice. Uh, along with this rig here. And, um, uh, Brie, my amazing girlfriend, hates this torch. Shout out to Brie. Because of how fucking loud it is, right? So this is on I'm, the I'm afraid, setting. I'm afraid to ask you to light it. Oh, I'm gonna light it. This is the lowest setting. That's Yeah, that's loud as fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, just, I, uh, I have to, I smoke, I use it back here because if I'm up in the front, she's like, what? I can't hear. I'm in my art studio. And I think that's the other cool part, uh, living with another creative. Like, we each have like, on opposite ends of the house, we have our own like art space. Yeah, that's that's kind of the dream for me and my girlfriend because right now, you know, we're in a long distance situation. So like, how's how's that working? Because that's how we were when we first started. I think for like the first year and a half, because it's not it's a major distance. I think we were only like about about two hours mm -hmm. away because she lived in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, but that even that being only two hours away was, right. was trying. Like it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, and she's my, in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Well, technically the suburbs outside of Chicago, yeah. but I always just say Chicago because that's what people know. Because if you say the city, you're like, oh, what's right? That where's there? that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's equally beautiful and difficult. Oh, yeah. You know, because like you said, like sometimes you just want your partner there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And with us, because of the distance, it's not cheap to get back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. with, with airlines trying to recoup what they lost over the pandemic. And now flights are just sky high for no reason, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, so it went from like me just being able to get a flight for about $200 to now it's like a $600 like round trip. Yep. You know, so we have to plan when we're going back and forth now. Whereas in the like in the beginning when we first started dating, we just be like, all right, well, I'll be out there this weekend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the the flights were that affordable. It's like, all right, I'll be there next weekend. Or oh, about to do like, this. Okay, well, I gotta Right, exactly. Like in the beginning, I was like, Oh, I'm about to do this thing. You wanna come? All right, cool. Here's your here's your flight information. Yeah. But um it's beautiful. And um you know, one of my favorite things about my current relationship is just bouncing ideas back and forth off of each other. Dude, it is great. Because, like, I'll... Oh. And she does, she does a little bit of everything. Like, she paints like your girlfriend does, but she also 
she's also an author she's also a poet she's all you know she does so much and it's like we'll spend hours on the phone just talking about ideas mm-hmm. and like i'll come up with an idea and she'd be like but what if you did this and makes the idea even better than what it was originally like you got candid right there she designed that cover that's a great cover she designed that cover and, and you guys also co-wrote a piece in here we co-wrote a piece and she edited the book so she went through everything before we even published it and made sure things were spelled correctly things were punctuated correctly like she's all over that book yeah and i always credit her like between her and another one of my poet friends um shout out to obsidian rain between the two of them i don't think that book would have ever actually happened yeah you know what okay are you ready can we dive let's let's go okay first and foremost right what is it like to have some of your most like your most personal thoughts and feelings out here for everyone to read like scary as fuck that's like i'm on the outside like none of these are my stories none of these are my feelings but like i'm reading these and i'm like oh my god if like the thought of other people reading these things like in my life and getting to know me on this level mm-hmm. like what is what was like the process going into wanting to put this together and like like how did you go all right fuck it let's do this so i wish it was a, a happier story but um so like i said i started writing because you know i needed an outlet to get my feelings out and um it's still a thing but it's not a thing as much as it is now but you know when facebook first started they had something called facebook notes it still exists but you 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 have to dig on somebody's page in order to find it um but facebook notes was like right there on on your page uh once upon a time and i would just you know i would write my poetry and then i would put it up on facebook notes and my aunt um, she would always read my poetry and the comments she would leave under every poet, a poem was, when is the book coming out? And this is way back in like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And I would just always be like, yeah, there's never going to be a book. Like, I don't, I never intended for it to be a book. And then um, my aunt has cancer. Uh, I don't remember which one, um, but she does have cancer. And um, so I was just kind of like, I want to do this while she's still alive to experience it. So that's why there's a dedication to my aunt mm-hmm. in the book. Um, and there's a picture of her in there um, with my mom and my uncle. And the pictures in here, all yours. All my. Except for the one of your brother. Correct. Yep. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of like a you know when her cancer she got it went away and then it came back so i was like let me get this book done mm-hmm. you know and that's why i always i credit my friend obsidian rain because we were just sitting around talking about it one day and i said exactly that i was like yeah you know my aunt you know her cancer came back so blah blah, blah. and she was and my friend was like then what are you waiting for yeah. get to it it's, it's, like, great well, to have, it's great to have those people yeah and then you know shortly after i started to put the book together is when i started dating you know my current girlfriend and she was like i can help you 
Because she's already right. She's already got. She's yeah, exactly. She's, she's, she's already got skin book. in the game. This is my first book. She's of already many? got skin in. I'm I'm currently working on a second. Ooh, spicy. But it's going to be mostly photography with like like right now it's equal parts foot photography and poetry. Mm-hmm. The next book is going to be mostly photography with, with poetry sprinkled around. Um but yeah, so it was like, you know, I went back I went back through all my Facebook notes. I went back through like old notebooks and things of that nature. Um I lost a lot of poetry mm-hmm. throughout the years from like writing it in my phone and then getting rid of the phone like oh shit you know what i'm saying right you know shout out to the cloud people <laughs> yeah. don't know what it was like right oh man and you one of your lines in in um in here um it, it again it super heavy when you said um because hashtags were still pound signs mm-hmm. like people don't know what a pound sign is and no. that's crazy no. I think it's because overseas they they even call the pound sign they call it the hash. Yeah, uh, I think America is the only place that calls it a pound well, sign. I but we also are the only ones who use the metrics. I mean, the imperial the system. Well, yeah, even the imperials don't use the imperial system. That's crazy. right, right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like the imperials aren't using the imperial system. So right, that should. I think that's a pod for another day. But so like, so you you scoured just like different parts of your life like what's so in here what's the newest piece the newest pieces are the ones that i've written about my girlfriend um i was writing them as the book was you know being produced um and then we're gonna go in there i wanted them to be okay um and i'll admit there's poems that never made the book because they were about relationships that i didn't want to relive um but um and then the other poem that was new was um the last one which is um what's it called when i'm when i'm gone yeah when i'm gone yeah the final piece of the, the last slice of bread um yeah i wrote that specifically to be the end of the book yeah no that was that was great and it all it makes that piece made you feel like you're a part of the journey. Yeah. Like I, I like when I was reading it again today, and, mm-hmm. and you're that part where, like, you know, when I'm gone, like, you'll keep a piece of me alive because you took this book. Like that was like, yeah, I will. Like I, oh shit. Like I really, like I will. And that's really this book. what it's about. Like, any of us as artists, right? We want to create something that lives longer than we do. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying podcasts, books. You know, our girlfriends with their, you know, their visual art, like the best thing about it is once we're dead and gone, like our work is still going to live beyond us as long as people keep it alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was another one of the things for me, like with my photography, with my poetry, like it's out there. And yeah, like, like I was saying, it's, it was incredibly scary. Yeah. Because it was a lot, a lot of the things that I had written in here nobody had heard or read before like debt to sobriety like i was afraid for my mother to read it uh because there were things that things about my dad that i had never shared like the part where i was like i went to school and i still had like you know after he had been through rehab and everything and i reached in my pocket Mm -hmm. and i had 
you know, a little bag of rocks yep. in my pocket. I had never told anybody about that. Mm-hmm. My, I just remember coming home from school and my father being pissed that I found it and threw it away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> what, was, what was your mom's uh, reaction to it? She didn't react to that specifically, at least not to me. The book in general. In general, she was very proud of me. Um, She was very upset. To it was, she didn't react to the part about you know finding my father's drugs in my pocket. What she reacted to was the part and the in that very same poem where she read about my suicide attempt. Yeah, because again, that was something she never knew about. I wasn't living there when that happened. Yeah. Um, So like, had I actually gone through with it she would have you know my parents would have been none the wiser as to why i did it yeah um so that was hard for her to read um and you know it was certain things like that that i was afraid for my family to read even in the the who am i poem where i talked about you know being molested by my babysitter yeah never told anybody about that until the poem do you feel like like put do you feel like putting this out as scary as it was do you feel like it it helped helped you either just let go of something mm-hmm. or just accept it and just be able to be like fine I'm done it's it's mostly about it's out there I've processed these feelings I am no longer holding them in I've released them and now I can move on with my life and that's the best. I think that was the most freeing part about it all. Do so. I'll, I'll, I have. Go ahead. I see you got oh, bunny-eared yeah. pages and whatnot. <laughs> I was looking at it. I was like, bunny. I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't get like, the one bunny in my stuff. Well, he's mine now, dude. It's right. It is in your possession. You have paid for this book. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. Like reading this again today, it was very hard not to get teared up reading. Wash your back while I'm working, like because I'm sitting there and I'm working, like with these older dudes just sitting in the back and I'm just reading my book of poetry mm-hmm. with these older white guys, and like I'm reading this and I'm like, this is fucking beautiful. I'm like, ah, this is, like this is it. This is what it feels like all the time. That I, because the the thing is most poems just start off in my head mm-hmm. and i'll like i always can i always liken it to um to eminem and eight mile where you know he was just writing random lines down on the bus and he had like a yep a napkin with like just random stuff in it that's basically how my poems go um and sorry p but um we you know we had showered together and then i got out the shower and i just kind of like stood there and watched her and in my head, I was just like, okay, let me go grab my phone. And that's where Wash Your Back came from. Just that one moment. Just that one moment. Like, after a shower, I just I just sat there in the bathroom, and I was just there with my phone, and I was just, like, writing down the poem. And did it just, like, flow out? It didn't flow out. Like, but again, like really I said, it was just... Like structure. Right. It was just it. random lines. And then I'll sit with myself later on. I'm like, okay, well, now let me structure this. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's basically how most of my poems go. Like, I'll write random lines, and then I'll fill it in and put it together like a puzzle. Uh, one of my personal favorites in here is My City. Hmm. Uh, because I don't think you really understand the city if you're not from the city. Yeah, no, I, I love this piece because 
I, I do like when people ask me like, "Oh, where are you from?" and I say Bridgeport. You can see, you mm-hmm. can literally see the skin crawl, and I'm like, "It's not that bad." It's not you don't know us, right? Like, stop it! Like it's crazy. Like I have, I have to get a new one. I had a hat that it had a license plate on it. It said Bridgeport, and I wore it. Literally wore it until it just busted. Like mm-hmm. the strap broke. It doesn't work because I love being from here. I love telling people I'm from here. I will always tell people, even if I move out of here and I don't live here, and someone's like, "Oh, where are you from?" Yeah, Bridgeport. I have a Bridgeport hat myself. Yeah, like and that's I wore it in I Chicago when I, you know, when I that's go to it. visit my girl. Like they don't know what the fuck Bridgeport they have is. No but, idea. Yeah, no, no clue. Uh, what I have highlighted is probably my favorite line in this entire book. Right, my favorite line, and it's. I pray you bless the hands that write the stories Ugh. of those you choose not to give their own voices as well as their minds and hearts because no one cares what they're going through as long as they live long enough to share their pain on a page, a microphone, or a TV screen for the entertainment of consumers. Mm-hmm. My The God. creator's prayer. Dude. The creator's prayer. My God. That, that was, was the second version of that poem. Dude. That like when I I read that today I, I probably read it like six times just reading it and then one of my coworkers was like what are you reading and I read that part out loud and mm-hmm. she sat down and she goes damn and I'm like yeah because it's the truth like and I always and I have to give it to you guys as comedians because I I say it all the time comedians are some of the most fucked up people in the world yeah because most comedians are severely depressed. But they just find a way to make light of the things that they go through. Yeah, because you can. Because one of the things that I've learned in my life is you cannot, you can't control anything mm-hmm. except how you react to things. Correct. So something bad happens. I can be upset about it. I can be sad. I can cry, or I can try and find. Just one little thing that's funny. Mm-hmm. And I think it plays into, I have a very dark sense of humor. I made right. the dark joke earlier. Like, right. It's it's how I cope, but it's not a style of comedy that I do on stage because I know it's not something that appeals to a lot of people. A lot of people don't like dark comedy. And, you know, there, it, it's... I th- Dude, oh my God, I love anything dark. Anything but the dark. people that get it, get it. Yeah, the people who get it, they're like, man, that was good. Because I love was your dark so comedy. Good. I lo- Dude, I love it so much. Like I, the cl- I think the closest thing I have to dark comedy is uh, I have a joke about 9-11 uh, because my nephew got sent home from school real mm-hmm. early because it wasn't snowing like right. whatever. But like when I was in sixth grade, 9-11 happened. They didn't send us home till the second plane hit. Because they wanted yep. to make sure it wasn't an accident. And like, you just and, made me feel like I was in high school. And they just sent us... I was in sixth grade. <laughs> How much older are you than me? Um, 38. 38. Okay, so you're... Did you just turn 38? In August. So I'll be 39 this year. Okay, you'll be 39. I'll be, so we're six years apart. Yeah. Wait, I think you're the same age as my sister, which is great because I never remember how old she is. It'll work. And she hates it. <laughs> but, like, because my older brother's 10 years older than me, mm-hmm. so I can remember that easily. Easy, and my yeah. younger brother's two and a half years uh, mm-hmm. younger than me because that's when my life stopped being good. Um, 90 to 93 was. You were no just, longer the baby. Just, yeah, I, was, I ended up being the middle child. Right. And the you middle know what child that is the one that always forever? gets ignored. You know that did. I do stand up comedy and have a podcast in a back room now. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, so, like, how, this. I love this book. 
I appreciate you. I love the note you left for me. Um, because I never thought of myself as being vulnerable for doing stand-up. Like, it, it's just something I like to do. Yeah, um, but sometimes, you know, like I said, you can find the humor in, like, the dark parts of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just have to. Otherwise, you'll just lose your mind. At least me. Like, I'll lose my mind. If I'm not, like, I just, I like to laugh. I love laughing. Mm -hmm. It's, I love silly shit. I laugh at anything. Like, I, oh my God. Like, I I have friends who just, like, send me reels all day. And I'll just sit there and I die. Go through all of them. I just fucking die. Oh, like mindlessly scrolling like reels and just watching funny shit just keeps me keeps you going. Yeah, it keeps me sane. Um, As far as like writing goes, right? Like, how often are you writing? Not often. Like something has to actually like trigger thoughts in me. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like doing something, you don't have like exercises you do or anything to like keep your mind sharp. And you know, and that's I think. What I think sets me apart from other poets, and I'm not saying it like a positive thing, mm-hmm. but like in the poem, in the poem, am I a poet? Like, I don't write for the sake of writing. Like, I know I have friends that have like three, four books out. Uh-huh. Um, again, even like my girlfriend, like P. Rose, she's currently work- She found a crate full of old notebooks. And she has more than 80 poems Mm -hmm. that she found. And I'm like, I am nowhere near that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like something has to trigger me to the point where it's like, I can't talk about this with anybody. So I have to write about it. And how does that work? How does it go from being something I I can't talk to anybody about this to I'm going to write this down and then tell everybody about this? Well, telling everybody was never the first thought. Yeah. It was just my way of getting it out. Oh, so like, like now, do you write now to perform or do you write now I just never for write you to perform. still? I never write to perform. Okay. Um, and again, I th- it, that goes back to what sets me apart from other poets. It's like I never write to perform. It's really just like this thing bothered me. I have to write about it. Or, it's just oh, your way of healing. Yeah, and it's like this thing made me think of like a clever way to think about it, so I'm going to write about that thing. Um, or, you know, just thinking about my love life or thinking about, you know, things that I've been through or even good feelings. I write about it, and, like, again, until the I decide to do the book, it was really just I write about it, put it away, never look at it again. What was it like um, reading, reading through the selection of poems for the book? It was difficult. It was difficult to relive some of those memories. Mm. Like reading about my suicide attempt was difficult. Reading about some of those old relationships that I did decide to, to talk about, mm. difficult to go over. Um, it wasn't even like, one of the last poems, and I, I, I guess I actually did write that one for the book, was uh, Divorcing My Muse, where I was talking about, you know, because the only time that I would write something was when I was depressed or when I was heartbroken about something. Mm-hmm. And I had to make that, dec- I had to consciously make that decision to stop doing that, you know, and just because, again, it's like I would write whenever I was depressed, but when things, good things were happening in my life, like, there's gaps in my journal. 
Mm. There's year-long gaps in my journal where things were going good and From I just like didn't write times. about it. Yeah. Because you're living on that. Right. Yeah. And I find myself even still doing that. So that's why this, I guess you could say the power sandwich, it had to be like, yeah, I have you to trademark eat. that. <laughs> you gotta trademark like, the power sandwich. I had to share the good parts of my life too. Like it wasn't all doom and gloom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There were parts where I was just like on cloud nine. Like right, even right now, like even though some bullshit happens, like I am really happy right now between therapy and, you know, having a partner that I can talk about things with. And now even having friends that are emotionally intelligent enough that I can be able to talk about things with and having therapists as friends and things of that nature. I just find myself like in a really good place that I can talk to people. And it's, I'll even say, like, I'll admit, like, I haven't written a poem in a while. Like, I started one um, because, you know, me and my girlfriend were going through something. So I started a poem about that. Mm -hmm. And now that we're back in a good place, I stopped writing that poem. Because, again, I don't want to go back and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, relive those parts that... You know where things weren't good. So, so what do you do with like that piece? Just let it go. Just you throw it away, or do I don't, you save it? It just it it's saved, but like I just don't go back and look at it ever again. Because again, like I don't want to relive those memories, especially now that we're in a good place. Yeah. It's like why would I want to bring myself back to that and yeah. and trigger all those negative thoughts again? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's difficult. Because it's like, it could be a really good poem, but I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm not going to say I don't want it to be a good poem, but it's like. You have to like find the balance. Like, is it worth going through that mental space exactly. to create this potentially great piece of art that's going to put me in a fucked up spot for a little bit? Exactly. Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's. What is it? What is it? Artist pain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. artist pain. Either the pain you go through to make something or the pain you deal with being a creative, not doing something because of the pain it's going to cause. Right. And even like writing, like there's another one where I was writing about the things that I was dealing with in therapy. Mm. Like that one's currently a work in progress. And because I'm in a good place, I don't know if I want to finish that. Yeah. You know, um, so there's a lot of poems that like are just dangling right now because I'm just in a good place and I don't want to go back to that. Because you wrote them in a bad place. Right. So those poems may never see the light of day or if I just force myself to go back to it because I want to write another book or something like that, maybe then I'll do that. But like right now, I'm just in a really good place in life. You could grab like all the... All the half poems you have, like the, the all the ones that you wrote in a bad place, and then you finish them in the good place. And it's like a little little journey pieces. Or I just write them and go to therapy. Bring them, <laughs> you bring them to the therapist. Like, look what you made me do. Right, this right. Is you. This right. is because of you. Right. Actually, uh, my therapist you, hasn't read this book yet. I, I, have to, I have to send my therapist a copy. I want to send my therapist a copy. In person therapy? No. Um, you know, because most therapists, they don't see people face-to-face yeah. anymore because of the pandemic. Um, it's all Zoom and phone calls. Oh, Cheryl's great. 
when we first started, um, I wasn't at a point where I could talk about what's bothering me. So we, I, we were just messaging each other. Mm. And it was, it was really helpful for me, uh, being new to therapy, to be mm -hmm. able to type because um, probably still I'm much, I can articulate my thoughts better if I'm writing it down exactly. as opposed to just talking it right. because I'll leave stuff out. Because my brain, thing. my brain is so wired to just be like, shut up, stop whining, stop whining. They don't. Like, and I can be long-winded. So sometimes yeah. I can go on and on about something. And as soon as you stop me, yep, that, I, it's gone. Right, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. It, it's, but yeah, being able to write everything down that I wanted to talk about and like send it to her and then get just keep going back and forth was great. That mm -hmm. was, it was really helpful. Um, and I'm just, I'm just trying to get better at talking. I'm not, I'm not very good at it. That is... It comes in time. It's my weakest. I think. Like, how long have you been doing therapy, like, this time around? Uh, since 2020. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll get better. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm better now. I just mean, like, in general, in life, like, talking is uh, not a easy thing. Like, to go up to someone and spark a conversation is... It still drives me crazy. Yeah, same and, like, with me. Being on stage, you know, finding the balance between crowd work and material is really hard for me because I'm not comfortable yet like talking to someone in a crowd because like for like for example when I go up there they're like all right you got five minutes right so like if I'm gonna if you're in the crowd and I'm like oh hey you know what's up man how you doing mm -hmm. and you don't talk anything you don't say nothing to me now, now I have do? now I have I spent I just wasted of my like of my five minute time on that now i gotta recover and like that blocks me that's a mm -hmm. mental block that i've given myself mm -hmm. that i'm like i'm gonna fuck up if i do crowd work and then i can't recover so yeah. like i block my it's so, so difficult so it was really good at that um and i've never obviously i've never met him but i see him on tiktok all the time is this comedian named matt rife fucking matt rife he's really good at crowd work they're all good all those that's uh uh they were that's how they get that's how they fucking blew up Guys like uh, uh, um, Andrew Schultz and mm -hmm. um, Matt Reif and all this are posting their fucking crowd work and they're just so fucking good at it. And yeah. I'm like, man. I wish I could do that. I, but even. I'm hoping this, you know, cheat code right here, this <laughs> better help me, you know? And when it comes to, even when it comes to like hosting events, like when I'm that person on stage and when I jump off stage and somebody wants to have a conversation, People don't know this, but they're going to know now that I've said it out loud. Usually when people walk up to me and start talking to me, like as soon as I get off stage, I'm looking for an escape. Yeah. A way to get out of this conversation. Yep. 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 Like, I feel that. Like Seriously. when people start talking to me, like I think people notice like the entire time they're talking, I'm looking around the room. Yep. And I'm like, I'm waiting for something to happen for me to be able to get away from you because I'm, I'm not ready to talk. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. Sorry, I'll be right back. Exactly, I do yeah. that. Yeah, I, I I feel the same way. I don't I don't like <clears throat> I don't like talking to people after my sets. Mm -hmm. I don't like oh, especially if I'm not happy with how I did. Right. If I'm not happy with it, like don't talk to me. Like I know you're gonna be super nice and complimentary, but creative brain, I'm gonna be like, no, you're lying to me. Uh, which is also, I think, a fault. Is that something you feel with poetry? Like when yep. you're when you're doing a absolute fucking when you're doing like a, a live like when you do poets from and you read a new piece and stuff and people are like, oh man, that was really good and you're just like, why are you lying to me? Because my thing is this: like when I get up on stage, the anxiety kicks in, and 
then I start to... How long have you been um, reading your poetry in front of people? Only a couple of years, honestly. Um, I think, yeah, that, like, actually right there on the cover, like, one of the pictures right there, like, under the pen. Nope, under the pen. Yep. That is my first time reciting at Poets Realm. That was, I want to say, 2016. Okay, so was that us? And even that, like, so, like, when you, if you ever see me get up there, and sometimes if I start to speed up, if I start to recite, like, really fast, it's because I'm anxious, and I just want to get through it and get off the stage. Yeah, I do the same thing. Uh, Any tips? I wish. Can we give each other advice? I wish. It's it's kind of like, it's just practice. Like, practice. Like, what I do now is I record myself on my phone. I'll go through the book and I'll record myself and I'll listen back to it. And I'm like, okay. Speaking of which, uh, great book. Thank you. Um, excuse my language, but where the fuck is the audio book? Because I need your sweet voice reading this. Okay? <laughs> You're not the first person to say that and I don't know. Well, let me be the last. Put it out. I, I don't know how I'm, I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Um but you're again like even now like when it when it comes to like promoting the book like i'll do an excerpt from a poem along with you know like a photo or whatever and it was like we need to hear more of your voice and i'm like i never really thought of my voice like that yeah it's a great voice thank you great voice. Um, that's why i listen to the uh rhythm and bruce podcast hey transition hey shout out to the boys what you sipping on water Little maker's vir- mark thanks little, to little, thanks to many little virgin vodka right here yeah but yeah how long how long's the podcast been going we just hit our four-year mark this past december how's how's that been man it's been like from episodes it's been a like, labor of love from like beginning to now like begin it's, guys, a, it's a labor feel of like love. you're really good at it now or yes and no yes and no um because the the most difficult part about it is um, getting four grown men on the same page. <sighs> four, four grown busy. Men. Yes, to Just to get everybody busy. to like okay, make time in your schedule to do this. Yeah. Or hey, you need to be posting this on your social media. Or hey, we got this content that we have to put out tomorrow. Does anybody have any ideas? Like that type of shit. It gets really difficult because again like you said we're all really busy yeah because not only do you guys do this podcast together but you guys are also individually right like super busy guys luck with his acting uh d-dub he's a literal dj uh you know denzel with his music and everything like that so it's like we each have our own avenues outside of the podcast which is part of why we put the podcast together because we're all creatives of some different type um, but again, like when it comes time to like get everybody together to do something, um, it's, it's really a pain in the ass. And even like most recently, uh, luck just yesterday said something about like our chemistry is, is dying because we don't spend as much time together as we used to. Like the chemistry was there because we always hung out together. Yeah. And then now that everybody's in relationships and everybody's, you know, off doing their own things, it's like in their stride individually, creatively. Correctly. You yeah. know, and so it's like when we come back in the same room or, you know, we hit record, 
It's like, uh, so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you guys haven't had that moment to, like, sit there and kind of, like, catch up real quick and right. vibe and, like, oh, what you been up? That's crazy. How's that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so it, it, it ebbs and flows. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, we have really great episodes, and then sometimes we have episodes like, yeah, what, what was that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and again, just trying to get it out there for people to listen to. Yeah. is another thing because like podcasts were the thing during the pandemic because yeah. everybody was home everybody had a mic or a phone that they could talk into everyone had headphones and everybody was just looking for something to entertain themselves with but now that you know the lockdown is done i'm not gonna say the pandemic is over because it's not but now that the lockdown is over and people are back outside and partying and doing things yep. nobody's really sitting down and listening to podcasts with the same attention span that they did when we were yeah. all home no i i i can attest to that i've fallen right. off of so many podcasts that right. I was listening to um actually brie put me on to uh an office podcast mm-hmm. um uh, called office ladies Right and with the girls from yeah, like Pam and yeah Pam yeah. and um, um Angela yep. and they I think they're almost done they're almost done I think they uh I think they're at like D'Angelo like in the, in the okay. Will Ferrell shows up yep but like I was religiously caught up every week even you know I and, I, and it's not like I was just home I was at work I was doing all mm-hmm. that but then like. I just fell off. Like I just stopped. Listening Life gets to busy. It. Yeah. Like I've crazy. stopped listening to podcasts completely, outside of you know when somebody puts out a podcast and like, hey, listen to this. Like I'll actively try. Oh yeah. Um, but even my own podcast, when it comes to like some episodes, get to two hours, and it's like I don't have two hours to just sit here. Yeah, that's why. Like I'm trying. Like all my episodes have been under an hour and a half. Like that's what I try to like keep. It's it the to. sweet spot. Um, but like, uh, so this is like my second attempt at a podcast. Right, because you had middays before. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm just trying to be more consistent and like, I'm well, forcing. Wouldn't myself it be to the form. third? Because didn't you have a wrestling podcast yeah, in but between? That was the same thing with like rhythm and bruise. It was so hard to get everybody together mm-hmm. because like you know we there's kids, there's work, there's all this stuff. Then the pandemic mm-hmm. happened and it just doesn't. So like, actually with with the wrestling podcast, I think I'm just gonna. Uh, uh, do wrestling episodes of this and just call it, yup, it's a wrestling podcast. Yeah, yeah. And call it a day. But, like, you know, I want to take this one more seriously. But, like, the other one I had, like, the first episode was like three hours long. Yeah. And I'm like, same thing we were doing with Rhythm and Bruise. It's like, wrong with you, we were just talking about whatever then, in the beginning. But then I remembered that I, when I was recording, I was like, yo, Joe Rogan does it. And I'm like, oh. But Joe, that's the thing is, Joe Rogan's famous. Our, prob- our problem is we're trying to keep up with the celebrity podcasts. Yeah. And I just, and with this one, like I told you, it's all selfish. It's a completely selfish podcast. It's to help me get better conversationally and help me get to know my friends more. Right. It's and it's a beautiful thing because it's know. you know it's both productive and conversational. Like you said, you're getting to know your friends more, mm-hmm. and you get to put it out there. You know, to to even hear your own growth. Yeah. Um, and like I was looking at. Like, I don't have a lot of listeners. Like honestly, mm-hmm. I'm a fucking podcaster from Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. But like, I think I have like. 55 views on like the first episode that's and great like 55 people listen to this I'm yeah like, that's so cool like yeah like um you know i got a text today saying like yo um you know it felt like i was sitting in the room with you guys like 
I yeah. can't wait for the next one. And I'm like, this is cool. And, and that was my favorite part about listening to podcasts is sometimes I'd listen to them in traffic and I'm talking back. Like yeah. people can fucking hear me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's that's one of my favorite things about listening to podcasts, especially with from people that I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just sometimes, like I said, it's just really hard to to set the time apart to just sit down and listen. Because again, everybody's doing podcasts now. Mm-hmm. So it's like people are like, hey, have you listened to? No, not yet. No, who's that now? What right. You? That's why, like earlier when I texted you, I was like, hey, like if you can't make it tonight, like I get it. We can, yeah, yeah. We were scheduled because people get busy. Yeah. And like, I. I can't. Who like, you can get upset at someone for not showing up at something, but it happens to us all the time. It happens. It happens to us all the time. It's annoying, but at the end of the day, like, I don't. I'd rather someone not come to something if you're gonna be here and be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I don't want to do that. I, do anybody. This all the time, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, just be you. Have fun. Um, couple things before we start winding down. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, where where was I gonna go? Just. Well, all right, so we talked about um, audio books. Mm-hmm. Uh, when's the last time you sat down and read a physical book? Actually, I've been the first getting time in so long that I did. Like, I've a been getting book. a lot better with reading lately. What, um, are you, what are you reading or listening to now? Okay, so I'm shuffling between. There's a so my physical book that I read is nonfiction uh, by. It's a book by Bell Hooks called All About Love. So I'm reading that, and then. What I'm listening to on audiobook is called Killers of a Certain Age, which um, is a real, like, I didn't, it's weird because when I sat there and tried to read the book physically, I wasn't into it. And then I listened to it as an audiobook and I'm like, oh, this book is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So basically, Killers of a Certain Age is about uh, a group of four women assassins that are now in their 60s. And like, they've basically aged out of you know the organization that they work for and now the organization is trying to kill them off oh so basically there it's more or less like if you think about it like john wick but for women in their 60s okay you know i just recently started watching the john wick movies oh they're amazing aren't they're they? listen keanu reeves <laughs> terrible actor yeah my god he is awful but Jesus. he can if John those, Wick his those ass off. Movies are not fucking entertaining. Yeah, what fun! What I, I can't wait to see John Wick four. I'm I need actually, to watch. I just have to watch the third one, and then I can okay. go see the fourth one. Okay, so I got to watch John Wick three. But Jesus, they're just—it's just nonstop action, and it's so cool. It's That's just, another difficult thing about a, a long distance relationship, too. Though, it's like when there's a movie or something that you both want to see. It's like, all right, you wait till I get there. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, like we're waiting, we're both waiting to see John Wick. So I'm going out there in a couple of weeks, and I'm just happy that she's been able to have the the patience to just wait for me to go to the movies with her. Because we've yeah. like we're both comic book geeks too. So when it comes to like the Marvel movies and shit too, like you know how most people they want to see it on opening night. It's like yeah. sometimes we can't always make that flight to do it. So it's like, are you really gonna wait for me to see this? Really? Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's, that's I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the R word. That's real. That's <laughs> real love right there. Like to wait, yeah. I couldn't imagine waiting to see Endgame. Man, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like to 
to be like, all right, I'm not going to go see this. I'm going to wait for you. That's. I ain't going to lie. Like when the first Black Panther came out, I was in a relationship when that came out and I went to go see it without her. Like, and I didn't tell her that I went to go see it with her. <laughs> like my family was going. I was like my mom, my aunt, uncle, you know, my family was going. So I was like, I'm going to go with my family and I'm just not going to tell her. Did she find out? She finding out she, now? She still hasn't. I don't know because she doesn't. We don't speak. Well, you know what I'm saying? But well, you know, I have such big reach with this podcast. It's, yeah, yeah. It's she's so she's cool. going to hear she's it. She's going to be like, this mother. Yeah. to see it without me. Yeah. But, she's um, never going to watch it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't do that now because it's funny because in, in this new day and age, that's considered cheating. To, to watch Isn't that to watch a movie or a show without your partner is considered a form of cheating now. So it's like, damn. All right, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until. That's well, because I'm terrible at watching anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have a Han Solo tattoo on my leg. I love Star Wars. I have not finished Mandalorian. I just started it because of my girlfriend i saw like the first two episodes of this season and i'm like this is fantastic but i just i've watched two episodes period oh you're in for a great ride yeah because you because you have so much that you can just watch Mm -hmm. like i remember when the first season came out i saw the first episode i'm like man this was so cool i'm like can't wait for the next one then i had to wait and then the next one came like oh then I had to wait for the next season, but you get to just go straight to three. That's yeah. cool. That's great. That's like I uh, over the pandemic, I read the Harry Potter books for the first time ever. Wow. Because I was like, when I was younger, dropping things, just everything. Because when I was younger, I, I didn't have the attention for reading. Like I was constantly like seeking approval from my parents, uh, constantly wanting to attention from anybody mm-hmm. so like reading was the last thing on my mind like i wanted to be outside playing games i wanted my friends to think i was so cool i wanted to like look at me i'm smoking a cigarette like i just wanted to do cool fucking 12 year old shit you know mm-hmm. what i mean so like i didn't read the harry potter books so i got them as a gift over the pandemic and i started reading them and then um i started to not have time to read them because of work and comedy and all that mm-hmm. stuff so then i got the audiobooks of them and i listened beautiful to isn't it yes and man i completely fell in love with harry potter and i was telling one of my friends about it and he's like dude i hate you and i'm like what do you mean he goes because you get to read that and experience it for the first, for the first time. time yeah and i'm like man that's crazy and i was i was just talking with brie about God, I can't remember what the hell it was. But she's like, oh, I've never seen that before. And we're going to start watching it. And I'm like, I'm so mad you get to watch this for the first time. Like, mm. you're looking at this for this blank and it's going to blow your mind. But maybe it won't. And I'm just overhyping myself. But it's like, but like no, I that's... read these books and I'm like, man, this is great. Because I hadn't seen the movies either. Okay. I only saw I saw the, the first one mm-hmm. in the theaters. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Then I saw Chamber of Secrets and I fell asleep in the movie theater. <laughs> And it just turned me off. I was like, I, this is not, it didn't entertain me. It's not your thing. I fell asleep as a kid in the movie theater. Like, that's crazy. And um, now you got so the then, audiobooks. So then I, what I ended up doing was listening to the book, watching the movie. Listening to the book, watch the movie. And, and aren't what, the books always better? What it did was make me fucking hate the movies. Yeah. Because um, Order of the Phoenix, my favorite book in the whole series. Order mm. of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince are my two favorites. Okay. Order of the Phoenix movie, 
is the biggest piece of shit I've ever fucking seen in my life. Everything about that movie pissed me off. But that's how I actually felt about The Hunger Games. Oh, That's how I felt about The Hunger Games, because I read that progressively trilogy. progressively got worse. I read that trilogy, and I was like, this is going to be amazing, because I, I think I had read the Hunger Games trilogy when the first movie was coming out. Because mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who's like, if a movie's coming out that's based on a book, I want to read the book first. And that typically ruins the movie for me. Uh-huh. Because the movie is usually so good. Because, you know, with the descriptions and things like that, like, I'll put it this way, I'm a big Stephen King fan. Okay. Huge Stephen King fan. And then when you go watch the movies that are based on the books, it's like, that's, that's it? Like Which they left out so they, much. That's it doesn't make sense. They put it right there for you. Yeah. Which is like like we're talking Order of the Phoenix did it, but probably the one of the movies that pissed me off the most was uh Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the book, the Quidditch World Cup, at least to me, when I was listening to it and then reading it, seemed like such a pivotal thing. The attack there, the game, Victor Crumb falling, like all those things seemed important, and we got none of it in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why would you leave why? out that this part? This was the most. This set up everything. Why like, would you take this out? Even with like going back to Stephen King, The Shining, like he didn't even like that movie. Yeah, and that's because you know. Um, I can't think of the the director right now. Um, He did Clockwork Orange. Um, Kubrick? Kubrick, yeah. Stanley Kubrick. He took The Shining and took so many liberties with it. Yeah. Like, The Shining, the book, it's really about Danny, like the kid. And you get to the movie, and the book is about... I'm sorry, the movie is about the father. Yeah. And it was like, why would you do that? Like, but I get it. Jack Nicholson's the star. You kind of have to center the movie around him to get people to get to come to the theaters, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, you missed the best parts. And that's the things that the son was going through. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they tried to double back and fix that with, with Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't hit the same. No. See, Stephen King, that's like horror stuff. I think I read one Stephen King book mm-hmm. because I had to in school. It was one of those summer reading nightmares. <laughs> um, what the fuck was it? It was about this little girl who got lost in the woods, and she's like trying to run, away, trying to find her way and survive. And there's a monster in the woods, and the monster is like making all these noises, and it's scary. And at the end of the book, it ends up being that the monster was just a grizzly bear. Like I don't remember something. which book that is. I, I know I my girlfriend would know because she's it's called like the girl in the woods or something, something yeah. like that. But I remember reading this book and I went, "This is stupid. This is fucking dumb." Because I remember yeah. there was two. All right, so here there was two books I had to read. I had to read the autobiography, the biography of Hank Aaron, which I read cover to cover. Still have because you're a big baseball fan. Read it cover to cover. Knew my shit. Failed that test. Did not read the Stephen King book. Read a little bit of it. My friend told me about it before the test. Got a hundred. That's wild. Dude, I wasted my whole summer reading this Hank Aaron book. I read everything. This book made me so sad. And then I failed everything. So, you know what's funny is my friends and I used to cheat at book reports when we were in school. uh, Because we would watch anime. And write our book reports about the manga. <laughs> and the teachers, because they never read them, 
were none the wiser. So we would get a hundred on each of these book reports because we're writing about what we saw on the anime, but write the book report as if we were reading because the manga. The fucking anime is a reference to Dali. Yeah. See, I would have done that as a kid, but my brain again with the not processing mm-hmm. wanting to read once i saw the book was backwards i said this is fucking dumb you don't know how to put a book together and i just left like and then now like i want to read manga but now like all the mangas i want to read are so fucking old deep. i'm like there's uh, no yeah. way i can go to one like I, wanna, I won't start I one piece the, i want to i won't start to one this piece day, to this day i will die <laughs> on that hill i'm not watching one piece i don't care how good it is i don't care about luffy i don't care you don't Se- fucking 2,000 episodes, bro? Get out of here. Yeah, I'm like, not putting good. that kind of time into we're it. We're good on that. Um, you're working on more poems for the next book. Mm-hmm. Um, podcast is killing. Photography. Yes. I think it's the one thing we really didn't touch on. Is your... Photography? Your photography. Uh, okay. Um, so, photography. Hey, how does... How, like? How does how do you get into photography? Hold on, I'm getting a phone call. Sorry. No, no problem, man. Um, how did I get into photography? So it started because I took a photography class in high school, mm-hmm. and in high school, um, the teacher uh, Central. Well, I started off in Central Magnet, um, and then ended up getting kicked out of the Magnet program because I was skipping class all the time. But um, like most of you smart people do, yeah, too too smart for school. Yeah, so I took a class on photography, and the teacher was like, "Don't go anywhere without your camera. Just bring your camera everywhere." And that's what I did. Super encouraging. Yeah. So it's so crazy. The first episode of this podcast was with my photographer friend Kevin, Mm -hmm. and he told the story about his high school teacher. Because he really, I took a photography class in high school. He loved it. He was telling her, like, I think I want to do this. And she goes, don't. There's no fucking money in this. Do not do this. It's difficult. Get a real, she basically told him, get a real job. Do not do this. Mm -hmm. And he went, man, maybe I shouldn't do this. And, you know, he did it. And Getting a photography as a business is a whole nother monster. That's a whole nother episode, but. Um, it's crazy because it's one of those like to me it just seems like such a big market like it just seems like but it's a saturated market yeah that's like, like every like it's one of those things where it's like anybody can be a photographer but not everyone can or everyone can take a picture but not everyone can be exactly a photographer. i say it all the time and i want to say it's one of my catchphrases is the difference between a photographer and a nigga with a camera yeah yeah you know what i'm saying like, just like with with like with what i like Everyone can make can be funny. Like everyone can at one point in their life has made someone laugh. Mm-hmm. But I like I don't think I'm the greatest comedian. But I can go up on stage and make and people I can laugh. Make someone laugh. Yeah. A complete stranger who's never seen me before. I can make them laugh. Mm-hmm. Like you're not. Like people are like, oh, I'm so funny. But they just post Facebook statuses. You're not a comedian, dude. Right. You're not. You can't do what I do. Right. Just like my iPhone has a great camera. Mm-hmm. I can't do what you do. Like, I don't have the eye that you have. Mm-hmm. Because me and you, for example, we can look at my TV there and take the same picture. But my picture is going to be this way, but your picture is going to find the best way to hit the angle off the light to get everything to mm-hmm. look good. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, how does, 
How do you see that? See this process that it <clears> takes <throat> to make a good fo- to become a good photographer and go. There's it. no, there's no step by step to it. You know what I'm saying? Like the class, it gave it gave me the techniques, but you still have to have your own eye. Mm-hmm. And even with that, like it took years for me to find <coughs> excuse me my my specific niche mm. you know and that's with any art medium right it takes a while for you to find your niche of the thing like okay i'm good at this you know what i'm saying um for me like i said i was the i was the dude throughout high school and even in college when i actually went to college um what I was always the dude that had the camera because you know we had book bags back then that we you know, always carried book bags around. So I always had a camera in my book bag and I was always taking pictures of something. So I became known as the dude with the camera all the time. And I decided, okay, I'm gonna try to make a couple of dollars off of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, There's a longer story that we don't have the time for, it? but all right. What was it like to like? What was it like to get paid for like the first time? Like do it. Shit was great. Like what was that like when you got that check and you're like, oh. it wasn't a check. It was it was cash. Or when you, um, when you got but, that, when you got that payment and you went, oh shit. Right, right. And it was like it, it was a good feeling, right? Because again, like like you said, like you can you can go on stage and you think you bombed. Yep. But people think you did amazing. Like that happens with my photos all the time. Like I'm like eh, I don't like these. But my client be like, oh my god, these are so great. I'm like really. And okay, cool. Back to they don't have your eye, right? Yeah, you know. Um, so that's that's really that. Like you, you know, we're our hardest critics. Whatever we do as artists, we're always our hardest critics. So it's like you can think that what you did sucked, but there's somebody that's gonna love it. It's gonna be the best thing someone's ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Like, so for me, what did it was when I had, I took a friend and I was like, hey, I have this. Um, makeup artist friend and she's trying to you know to build her portfolio so can i just like bring you to the studio she does your makeup and i just take your photos regular person not a model whatever whatever she looks at the pictures and she just immediately starts crying and she was like i've never seen myself that pretty before and that's when i'm like okay i'm doing the right thing here like so for for me to see something in a person that they don't see in themselves to look at the picture and they say i've never felt this attractive before in my life yeah that's what that's the gift of your eye yeah like to be able to show someone like their like to, to bring their out their inner beauty outside to them mm-hmm. and, like let them see that's like this that is how i be, see you yeah. that must be crazy yeah it's a, it's a great feeling it's it's very rewarding and it's probably the thing that keeps me going yeah you know so, so what's what's next what's next for the <sighs> man um i guess you? Uh, okay well belcher digital is the um you know the the social media platform uh instagram and tiktok um it's Belcher Digital, so it's my last name, B-E-L-C-H-E-R, the word digital. Um, I'm working on the website. I am now an official LLC business, so yeah, it's yeah. full steam ahead from here. Um, and that's where the focus is now, is um, all things Belcher Digital. All things. Yep. 
You're awesome. I, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Thanks and I know my family video. is waiting for me to get home. Please tell them I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's tell on me. that we had a great time and that you helped me achieve my dream of being the first video. Hey. So thank you so much, bro. Uh, like you said in your book, bro, I love you. Thank you. I love you. You're the man. Drive safe, bro. Thank you.